Arc of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers back with you once again. Indeed. Got uh got some new movies to talk about mm-hmm. and some old ones as well, I'm sure. It's, that's pretty much the that's all that's on the agenda today. We mm-hmm. were uh when this was scheduled to to be like right at or slightly after Valentine's Day, we were gonna do non traditional love stories. I don't know if you actually made a list for that or not i did a little bit well maybe we can get into that later but yeah i decided you know what we had to postpone way behind on our judas and the black messiah review yes the main reason we're here yes uh, because we haven't talked about it with each other off mic and so we now we can do it on mic. and we were gonna be revolutionaries and do it like a couple days after but in true archive fashion it's a week later yeah which you know Give or Everybody's take. talking about Nomadland now, dude. Yeah. Missed the boat. Mm-hmm. We missed it. Nomadland, that's... Uh, we missed the uh, the love boat on the whole Valentine's Day tie-in. But you know what? We gotta save ideas for, you know... Years to come. We're gonna do this for at least a decade. I feel like, yeah. If it's, you know... I don't know. <laughs> if it's profitable profitable after i don't know what i'm Listen, saying you want to talk about profit it's profitable after 10 i don't years. mind i don't <laughs> mind doing this little going down this little rabbit hole the other day on like maybe it meant like plus 88 plus 89 mike boudet decided to tell everybody there's like twenty nine thousand of you on plus thank you so much a plus subscription is five dollars a month so twenty nine thousand just by five that's not anybody that may give more and this is his own platform. This is why he left Patreon. They created their own thing. 29,000 people a month to give that man, that company, $5. It's like close to fucking $100,000. Over $100,000 a month. Shout out to all our Patreon supporters out there. Appreciate the you. The Arc of E. Or excuse me. <laughs> Patreon.com slash The Arc of E. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. If you could find a tech whiz... That would just like, you know, whip reroute up. a bunch of credit card numbers that, to our Patreon. Sure, that or make our <laughs> own functioning, like, you know, subscription based service and app. Like, you know, which brings me to another point. I had no idea Sword and Scale came out like nine months before Serial. It's technically the OG true crime podcast. Okay. Weird. I mean, there was other true crime podcasts before that one, even, believe it or not. Like what? Name one. I don't know ones that predate it, but the genre existed before Serial. Serial just put it on the map. Right, I'm saying, saying. yeah. And Sword and Scale was before Serial. Okay. Which is why people pay $5 a month for it. It's really good. Okay. I would go work for them in a heartbeat, I'm just saying. I thought I don't like working for you. Well, why don't you? (laughs) (laughs) What's stopping you? Literally everything. (laughs) A lot of obstacles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Juice and the Black Messiah? Yeah. You ready to ready to chit chat? What'd you think? I, I mean I kinda know what you thought. Yeah. You gave me a raw react through mm-hmm. text, but we didn't discuss further. Um, I'm definitely adding it to the what did I call it? D W three P list. Enlighten me. It's the don't watch with white people list that i have with perk okay it's like nick oh. it's like a okay. time to kill higher learning you've referenced this a couple times. others yeah it's um, even got its own acronym now apparently. i made it up on the way down here but you know 
How long of your drive did that take you? Literally sure. from the time I got on 77 to right before I thought, oh, 26 is coming up. Yeah, D, yeah, D, <laughs> W, 3P works. Yeah, it's probably, it's in there. Throw it out there. I sometimes think about what I'm going to say before we talk. FYI. Really? So, yeah. It's not all just <laughs> floating around up there. It's a little bit. Wow. Just okay. a tad. Uh, okay. N- noted. I don't, don't know. watch with white people. Okay. Yeah. But I watched it by myself, so I think it was okay. I got a little I mad. watched it by myself obviously. as well. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't... Righteous, indignant, furious anger uh, would be the temperament, I would say. Mm-hmm. A infuriating movie. Yes. On a lot of levels. Yes. Amazing movie. Very infuriating. Yes. Uh, I knew the broad strokes of the act, you know, based on true events. I knew the broad strokes of what actually happened to Fred Hampton. But I knew nothing of the William O'Neill character. Oh, dude, that was the... So that is the end for everything. Yeah. Which, again, the thing I keep coming back to and the people I've talked to off mic about it is... I, like... I feel like this would function perfectly fine if you didn't have that as an element. Mm -hmm. But having that as the structure and your kind of window into the story adds a whole other layer of depth to everything that Mm -hmm. would just not have been there. So let's zoom back out for, again, we're assuming everybody's already watched it. It's on HBO Max to remind everybody it's up at least through the first half of March. Right. So if you haven't gotten to it, Go watch it and then come listen to this, hopefully, if you have that attention span. Because we're going to spoil... A the, lot of stuff. We're going to spoil uh, history. So Yeah. yeah we're gonna shame on that. you if you didn't know it already. Um, I mean, shame on shame on me. Like I said, I didn't know all the, the, the ins and outs. I knew, again, the broad strokes. I knew Fred Hampton, assassinated by the FBI, two shots in the head while he was sleeping. I didn't know why he was sleeping at the moment. Right. Uh, why he was incapacitated. Uh, And I didn't really honestly know too much about who Fred Hampton was other than uh, a leader of the Black Panthers in Chicago. Okay. I would even argue like second wave. Anyways, to lay out the broad strokes for everybody. Yeah, we, but our, our intro character is William O'Neill, who's just kind of a low level uh, thief, criminal, you know, just getting by, uh, who has a habit of impersonating federal officers. He's got a badge. Why, you may ask? Because it's everybody has a gun in where he's operating, but mm-hmm. he feels like a badge. People actually, like, you know, chill out and step back and take notice. Mm-hmm. So he gets picked up uh, over a, a botched botched robbery, car theft attempt, excuse me. Right. Yes. That's his, that's his MO, is he says, hey, this car has uh, been reported stolen. Let me get those keys off you. And before anybody knows it, he's he's out of it. He's in the wind. He's gone. Yeah. But uh, he gets brought in, and this is our introduction to Jesse Plemons. Um, go ahead and say up front, everybody's like on fire in this movie. Every single performer. We'll get into detail about Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, but what a cast, mm-hmm. top to bottom. Indeed. Uh, very well cast movie. Anyways, Jesse Plemons is an, an FBI man. Uh, under the tutelage of Jack Hoover, who basically has identified the Black Panthers as the greatest threat to uh, to national security at this moment in time. Right. Yeah. So, you, you feel free to you know take the 
take the football, if you will. Oh, yeah. Wherever you want to go to. But that our, our setup is William O'Neill, basically caught between a rock and a hard place, is given the out of, like, you can walk away from all of this. Impersonating federal officers, like, five years in jail. and But you can walk away from this if you help us infiltrate uh, the Black Panthers. And that's where that's where we start. I think of note in what I, you know, what I've explored of the like peripheral content over the last couple of weeks, interviews with like Shaka King, the director, mm-hmm. the Lucas brothers, who I was like, what the fucking Lucas brothers wrote this? The two, the twins from 22 Jump Street, mm-hmm. those guys wrote yeah. this movie. Holy shit. And apparently had been trying to do so for a while. Mm-hmm. And basically they've been trying to make a Fred Hampton biopic for like well over a decade. And the, the way they were finally able to execute it was basically like, well, if we give it this kind of like undercover cop framework through this actual guy who's another whole element to the yeah. story that probably a traditional biopic, would he would be a footnote in mm-hmm. as opposed to ostensibly the lead of this movie. I want to get into you with you as well. I think this movie totally shakes up award season yes. in a lot of ways. But my big question to you, and we can kind of chart this, I guess, is, who do you think is the lead and who? where do you think they should run them? Because clearly both of them should be nominated. But who's supporting and who's lead? Because as much as this is a movie about Fred Hampton, Judas is at the top of the title. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I and I, I don't know how, how you run them because you don't want to put them both up for lead because you don't want them to cannibalize the votes, you know? Well, what if they? What if? What if you? Does there ever been a pair nominated before? I don't, that's not a thing. What I mean, if they no, did, I mean there there have been multiple nominees from the same movie in right, the same but category, like, like them together as both male lead, like you setting the precedence. And say, you, who says you can't? This is there's no law. I mean, this isn't a. This isn't the. Okay, yeah, you go talk to the HF. No, that's the. Golden Globes, excuse me, I was going to say the HFPA. You go talk to the Academy. Yeah, but the, the HFPA, the, the Golden Globe people would probably be more apt to do it just to be like, fuck you, Oscars, we're going to get more coverage. You know, people like us better now. Hollywood Foreign Press, okay, they well, love us. In a world where they're not going to rewrite the category for okay. them, just something to think about. You don't have to answer me right now. I give it, I don't know, dude. I mean, if we end, no, no, if we end and we aren't told a thing, it's just like Fred Hampton was assassinated, you know, this guy was integral in that, and roll credits, then I have to say Daniel Kaluuya. But knowing what we know and where it ends, which I did not, I knew about him, but I did not know what happened to him. I never bothered to check. But that little end caveat, I don't know. I'm Plus, I... I, maybe I'm a little biased because I did burn through every episode of Atlanta, and I think Lakeith Stanfield is probably one of the best actors working right now, if I mean, not the best. Both of them are. Yes, that's they are. The but like, that's, yeah, they like, both are. Oh, but God. like, I have to give the edge to him because, with the exception of Get Out, I, no, I agree with you. Body of work so far. If we, if we have to like pit them against each right. other, yeah, I give the edge to which to is what the man wants us to do. No, right, exactly. Yeah, it wants us to pick one of them over. It totally ties in with the movie. But okay, so broad strokes, he has to infiltrate. 
And he goes into this with virtually no knowledge of the Black Panthers. Nope. Part of the questioning process and the kind of like, oh, this might be our guy that Jesse Plevins goes through with him is he asked him how he felt when, when Malcolm came. X was assassinated and when Martin Luther King was assassinated. Right. And Didn't he ask him about when the girls got bombed in the church too? Or did he say he investigated that? I think he may reference that he... He was part of the investigative team at some point. I, I think so. Know. He just he, he brings up a lot of like okay. oh past cruelty. How where you? It's basically where your allegiances lie. Do you care that these people were assassinated? How did it affect you? Because if he's like, yeah, I got really fucking pissed off and I hate the uh, man. Obviously, he's, he's like not. Nope. You know. Yeah. Obviously, they're not even going to approach exactly. him. With but this. his yeah, you know, he doesn't yeah. really give a one way or the other kind of like solid. I hated it. I hate you know, all this, but he doesn't say like I was happy that it. He's very middle of the road. So he infiltrates the Panthers and pretty quickly rises through the ranks to become Fred Hampton's like personal security. Right. And there's a few you know mishaps along the way, and like oh my god, is he gonna get found out? Is he gonna get caught? Great like tension filled stuff. And mm-hmm. again, because we start with him. You're, you're already at war with yourself over like, okay, well he do I, him succeeding at this like means bad things for right. for Fred Hampton, who I'm also a lot and like slowly of course, William O'Neill starts to like, these aren't really the guys you painted to me as like worse than the KKK, yeah, which is how it's being pitched to him initially, like, oh well you don't know about them, let me totally give you my bullshit narrative that's been handed down to me. From J. Edgar Hoover, of course. And I also like that element of even Plemons, who is like, he's been fed this rhetoric and Mm -hmm. he's kind of like regurgitating it back. And we do get the vibe that like he's, he's maybe got a bit of humanity to him. Just a slight bit. But it never tips over to like, I don't feel sympathy for this guy and he has a totally fucked worldview and he's like not working past it. But I love the element of even when he goes in and has to meet with Hoover that it's like he doesn't even fully get like yeah, how but, dark it is. How right. fucked up the entire like COINTEL Pro yeah. program is and the links that Because when he's to. like what are you going to do when your daughter brings home a Negro? And he's like, she's two years old, man. What are you doing? And he's basically like, like, answer the question. That's what's going to happen. It's like, whoa, bro. Like, I thought, okay, like, wait a minute. What? Like, and there is that minute. That is probably the only beat where I'm like, well, this guy's ah, fucking, this sucks. Like, ah, you know, one minute you think you're doing the right thing. And then your boss is like, these aren't humans. They're terrible people. They're the dredges of society. They need to be weeded out like cockroaches. And you're like, but do they really? Like, what the fuck, man? Right. And it's just, it's, it it grazes that line of, I think I talked to you about this a while back, when that's, that biopic about Gene Seberg came out and they made the fake FBI agent who was sympathetic, that was not a real character, that was someone trying to be like, oh my God, this is so terrible. But like, you know, and you have Vince Vaughn playing him opposite. That's like, this is what we do. And it's like, right. it runs that line of like, I don't feel, obviously that's a real agent. That's a real person. This stuff really happened. And everybody that we're talking about is a real person. They had a, a certain worldview. 
that may or may not have aligned 100%. I feel like, though, in this case, if it wasn't Hoover, if it was a, a section boss or a, a agent in charge, mm-hmm. maybe it may have been a little bit less, hey, you got to do this a little more. Yeah, I don't really see it either. Like, you know, I'll see what I can do about, like, you know, not pushing you this far, but because it is Hoover, and I have to imagine that it was Hoover back in the day. It was never a section chief or a, a agent in Charles. It was always he was very, very hands-on, very yeah. controlling of all mm-hmm. aspects, right. even into his his older age. Right. What do you think of old uh, Martin Sheen? We've seen a lot of different Hoovers in the movies. Not that we need to rank them, but I mean, obviously, J. Edgar, J. Edgar. <laughs> I mean, classic. Listen, maybe if they'd have shown him like. Totally kidding. My favorite is I bring it up literally to bring up Nixon. That's yeah, I was going to say. I know you're going to say Nixon. Nixon yeah. Bob Hoskins as yeah. Jake Hoover. Maybe That's if I'd have seen favorite. Martin Sheen like. I do like Billy Crudup in uh, Public Enemies. That is a good Hoover. And it's weird to think that that's the same person, you know? That's what, I mean, that's, that's the what, jarring thing. That was what was intended to be the most interesting factor of J. Edgar was like, look at how much this man's career spans and like how much changed and everything. And it's, it's another one that it's like, it's not a sympathetic portrayal of him, but it is kind of like a traditional great man biopic where it's like, well, we still have to acknowledge all of these accomplishments and we'll hint at the darkness and the more shady aspects of it. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a, it's a weird one. Do they Um, go into anything about like his control over the FBI TV show? Because I keep seeing ads for the new FBI show that's on CBS. I'm like, that's a rerun of the shit from the 40s and 50s, right? Only, like, the FBI doesn't have yeah, final say Rick Dalton now. was on. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Dalton? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did an episode of FBI? He did, yeah. Yeah. And his stuntman guy that may have killed his wife, too. He probably did an episode as well. Um, but it's... Cliff Booth. That's what Cliff Booth. I don't know. I, I knew Cliff. I didn't know the last name. Very good. Um... But yeah, it's one of those where I I appreciate that this movie gives me, and I don't know how it runs out with runtime on screen, but I feel like it gives me enough of each person that I, I can understand each one's motivations in the sense that like it doesn't really all come clean until they're having that dinner and he's like, I need you to draw a map of his house. And he's like, bro, you won. Like, what are you doing? Like, are y'all going to kill him? And he doesn't say, right. You know, you are at this point, they've already had him locked up on basically bogus charges for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. He's back out. He's kind of like just reforming things. And we should say the main reason he shows up as a target in the first place is because he's trying to do something that like nobody ever wants you to do, which is like, never tell the people who have had this like whole line fed to them of like, hey, you know why you're poor and destitute and have all of these issues? Every problem in your life is because of those black people over there or it's because of those Mexicans over there right. or this other person. It's not because of the system or the structure that has like led to you being in this position. Right. And he's the like not the first, but one of the most successful people who came along and was like all of these disparate groups, we, if we all work, we all do have common interests and we have a common goal, which is like equality 
for everybody the line that we've been fed for fucking ever. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's actually do it. And he realizes that, like, all they want us to do is squabble between each other and have all the the infighting between these groups. But when he walks into, what is it, the young, um, not the young Confederates, what, uh, what is that group? I don't know the name of you, but I know who you're talking about. It's, well, the, it's essentially a group of young, poor whites right? who feel disenfranchised. And it's like, I mean, they literally have Confederate flags up there. And there's like a great, you know, internal debate in the movie over what that means to one group of people versus the other. And then hard cut to, through sheer skill of wit and oration, because Fred Hampton's just an incredible speaker, he like levels with these people and basically lays out like, hey. In numbers, like, if we stop all of this internal squabbling and just look at, like, this is the goal line, essentially, let's bring everybody together. So he gets them, he gets some several other, like, smaller community groups, but it's the it's basically the poor whites, and it, are they Puerto Ricans? Puerto Rican Latinos, yeah. Yes. Because he goes to the funeral, and they, he sits down and talks with them. Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. but you get through, you see why to... The establishment, mm-hmm. he is dangerous because he's finally getting people to look past all of the, the shit that divides us and like, here's the common goal that we can all work towards. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that's so fucking frightening. Like, it just, and I, what I love is the movie is so thoroughly entertaining and engaging the whole time, mm-hmm. but and it also simultaneously doesn't feel like it beats you over the head with all of its points that it's just gorgeously making the mm-hmm. whole time throughout. And it's just, it, it's all there. And the whole time I was watching, I was like, the only thing I can compare something like this to in terms of a popular entertainment that I'm like, this is, if, I, if we did go and see this in a theater, which I kind of wish I had, even though with the limited audience that it would be, I just... I feel like it would blow the doors off. Like, it's just, you know, it's super exciting. The only thing I feel like I can compare it to is stuff like Get Out or Black Klansman or Sorry to Bother You. Oh, God. Which are, sorry and to Sorry to Bother you. you is still on the very, like, indie front. But in terms of movies that are, like, incredibly entertaining and unique and play for, like, a quote-unquote broad mainstream audience but also have so much more going on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I just thought, I thought it was pretty masterfully done for somebody who I think Shocker Kings made one prior movie Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken so this is not technically his debut I guess it's his studio debut however you want to look at it but just what a killer movie like all all around we can continue to to talk about the plot though I guess I if you want to get into performance a bit I feel like it's a cliche that gets overused but you'll often hear oh this actor gave what a fearless performance mm-hmm. like this is one of the few times where I feel like it actually rings true and it's the thing that has stuck with me what a fearless performance from Lakeith Stanfield to take on that role and absolutely kill it and play every like perfect little note of it and also be somebody that you know he, as a person, probably despises on a fundamental level. Like, yeah. as, a, as an actor. Right. To then have to embody somebody who you're so diametrically opposed to. And then 
kill it on top of mm-hmm. it. That's really something. Of course, it's it's the most controversial, if you will, aspect of the movie, which is like you're sitting there. I one of the complaints, if you're going to level one, and I've this is more of a passing. Like, oh, I thought the movie was great. I wish it had a little more of who Fred Hampton was as a man, more of what he did, more detail on what he did, etc. But by virtue of the fact that, again, our window into this is kind of this undercover... Again, he's not a cop, but a CI, if you will. Yeah. Undercover story as a means to kind of, like, secretly infiltrate and tell this broader, like, more expansive narrative and everything. I get that you could feel like, okay, well, we kind of shortchange what would have been the traditional Fred Hampton biopic to do it in this way. But I think but you could, again, well, I think you reach again a broader audience, and there's not. I don't think you lose any of the the depth that we're talking about, mm-hmm. the like grand themes of the movie, um, in doing that. And again, it's what we were talking about earlier. That's a byproduct of like how they to get this story told. This is how they had to tell it. Mm-hmm. And given those circumstances, this is about as masterful as you could have possibly done. And again, manages to be a extremely like riveting, entertaining drama, removed from any of the historical context, just on a human like level of satisfying like undercover stories like this that we like to watch that have been done over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's the Departed. I was going to say it's Malcolm X. It's yeah. all swirled together. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say because and that's this is, definitely. Definitely party in a review Mac- somewhere. May- Somebody's done. If it. not, you're the first. Um, and you can this, me. this doesn't take it. I'm not taking anything away from like Fred Hampton, the man, and what what he did. But I think it helps in the fact that we meet Fred Hampton when we do because of what the Black Panther Party was when he became involved. Mm-hmm. Because they do show you pictures of. Huey Newton, Eldridge Cleaver, all these, uh, all these other black prominent Black Panther members. Angela Davis. Yes, like where they're at at that point in time, and I think he may have understood. Yeah, the people before me, radical, carrying guns, all that, and they were all. You know, he again, like you said, he was the first to say, "All power to the people, all power to all people." You know. I'm going to stand up and be a revolutionary because I want a rainbow coalition of black people, white people, brown people, everybody to do, you know, pick themselves up and we can do stuff. Mm-hmm. And it never, I mean, I don't know. I've never, I haven't read any accounts of him ever being like, you know, quick to throw down and brawl, but in any situation that he's put in, you know, where there is violence and danger like that, the way that I, and I would assume that the way that he, the scenes are played in the way that Andrew Kalua plays it, that he had done his research and understood like, that's the kind of guy he would have been the chill out. Just easy. I'm not, that, I, didn't, I didn't come here for that. I'm that not worried is about the that. other aspect that honestly was lost on me until I did some further research after the movie, but he was 21. Yeah. When he was assassinated. Yeah. So all of the stuff he was doing prior, this guy's like in, in his late teens into his early 20s, all of the stuff that he accomplished. And I was listening to a I was listening to Renegades with uh, Springsteen and Obama. Just mm-hmm. dropped on Spotify. Oh, yeah. 
and oh my god why did i bring this up what was it in relation to because you love lorenzo lamas and they're going through (laughs) every single episode of uh of renegade have they gotten to the one where six killer's sister is oh never mind it's bobby six killer never mind i forget why i brought it up let's keep moving never mind the leonard cohen podcast is that what we're gonna call it never mind sure never mind um you brought up the age difference because you were going to tell something about Obama and Springsteen and, and oh, Obama being me. like, they were hey. referencing uh, the Edmund Pettus Bridge walk. Right. And like John Lewis or MLK, I forget. They were like 24 at the time. And it just, that always blows my mind. And again, Daniel Kaluuya, I want to say is late 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. And it just, I'm not, not that it matters, but I, I was like, holy shit, he was 21 when all this stuff was just kind of mind blowing to me. Because it's never like referenced in the movie necessarily, mm-hmm. but and I, yeah, I, I think I mean in the way that Daniel Kaluuya is, it's just wild. I, I want to remind it, you that we're in our thirties. Just by the way, yeah, we are. What have we done with our lives? <laughs> yeah, you know what's another weird one that people don't think about? What's that? And it's weird if I tell you this. What if I told you that Martin Luther King and Anne Frank were born six months apart? Weird, right? Martin Luther King in January, her in June. Crazy. You don't think about it. I'll save that for trivia next yeah. time. Okay. <laughs> Where were we? We were talking about how great this fucking movie is. Yeah, and we I get don't, into like, the. Well, you know. I mean, I don't, we don't have to go beat by beat plot wise, but essentially, we get to they burn down the headquarters while Fred is in jail. Yeah. The, and when he when they come back, they get the the sense that like, well, the whole community realizes we need these people. And everybody Beautiful is chipping out. Where they all, like, oh my god, dude! I was like, like hell yeah. yeah! And I kept waiting, and I really wanted, really wanted there to be the moment. Of course, I knew, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I kept wanting there to be some Hollywoodization of him being like, "Well, no, I'm not doing this." Like, whatever, and some tragic thing of him trying to warn him, like, but he get he couldn't get there in time, and like. The hit happened and like he was trying to figure out what was happening, but like yeah. asking him if he wanted the scene where he asked him if he wants another drink and he doesn't make any mention to the idea of like, you all right? Like, why are you crying? Like, what's going on with you? Knowing like what this is going to mean that like, I don't know. I like to think that, I don't know, where do we, where do you fall? Do you think that that what they gave him actually just, he was going to die in his sleep regardless? Or do you think it was just going to zone him out and he was going to be asleep? The entire time, regardless. I mean, I think in the autopsy and everything, like they, he had the barbiturates in there, which is what they instructed him to give him to basically incapacitate him. Right. So that he would not like wake up in the middle of the night startled when they showed up. Right. But again, reading like, oh my God, dude, reading the actual details of what this room looked like afterwards, Mm -hmm. they toned it down for the movie. Yeah. My God. The forensics, all of this stuff at the time, of course, you could say it's spotty or whatever. All of the conclusions, though, were that there was one mm-hmm. singular shot fired by a Black Panther, which in all likelihood was a involuntary response to, to getting shot, shot through the door right. before they properly announced themselves. Right. Some like some ridiculous number of rounds. I forget. It's either like it's close to like a thousand. Yeah. I want to say. I like thought it was like eleven thirty something. It's something wild, and yeah. it's just like this it's was this... a straight up execution. Like that's all, that's right. all that it was, 
And it was planned out to a T of like they had the layout from him, of course. They had the setup of knowing he was going to be there and it was confirmed and he was going to be sleeping. But just the act, watching that play out, honestly, is the thing where I'm just like, great, fantastic movie, but also goes in the category of like, I have no desire to watch this again anytime soon. Because that was just, that was rough, man. And presented, as is pretty much all of the violence in the movie, very matter-of-factly, which I appreciated. There's nothing really sensationalized about it. Everything is downplayed, which makes it that much more intense, at least to me, um, particularly in those closing moments. The one person we have not talked about at all is Dominique Fishback. As Deborah Johnson... Fred Hampton's wife. What are you? You're furiously reading something. I'm getting no. I was trying to no get no reaction to you. I was trying to get the number of bullets, and it's. But I was reading into something that I'll bring up to bookend this when we get done talking about it. But Dominique Fishback, excuse me, who I had seen earlier last year in Project Power, the Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Netflix movie. Really okay movie, but she did stand out quite a bit, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I would look forward to seeing her. The range just between those two roles, and I don't know how far apart they were filmed. I don't know if Project Power like sat on a shelf for a year or two. I don't, and she's another one who like she seems closer to the age of the character, right? Sure, but I thought she was tremendous throughout. Again, another one where I'm like, she should probably be in supporting, dude. I you got to kind of shake up the categories, especially. I'm like, they extended the window through February, right? This is really, I mean, Nomadland and Minari, two movies we'll talk about in a little bit already had gotten their festival releases and technically like were 2020 movies even though people are just now getting to see them right but and then weirdly of course the little things jared leto has gotten a a supporting actor nod for pretty much every early like dude there's so many other people that should be in that category we can debate it on our i mean we can make an oscars podcast if my money's on leto part three Dude, if he gets one, we will, in fact, do that episode. (laughs) But if he gets an Oscar nomination over some of these other people that, like, we'll have to see who gets shut out, dude. But I'm just like, if we're we're looking to Leto to pick our our top five for the year, we're not looking hard enough, guys. Because I can name you, like, 20 supporting performances that are better than The Little Things. Yeah. Plus, wasn't The The Little Things 2021? The window... Has been extended, that doesn't Gavin. Make it, that's not fair, man. That's the way they did it to give people a little bit more. You shouldn't be complaining. That means that Judas and the Black Messiah is competing this year, as it should be. Yeah. This award season. It is weird for, like, now, okay, when we get to the end of this year, like, I went back and put Judas and the Black Messiah in with my 2020 movies to, like, rank it. And it's my number five, technically, from this season of movies, I guess is how we're going to look at it. But after the uh, March forward, from what I understand, March is really when 2021 starts as far as movies for this calendar year. Keep in mind, almost all of them that are going to be released are 2020 movies. Let that fuck with your head for a little bit. Oh, yeah, I forget. You see what I mean? So it's all kind of irrelevant. 2020 and 2021 is now going to unfortunately be like tethered together in this weird way. We can't quite escape it yet. I look forward to the day when the last 2020 movie will have come out. Probably somewhere around 2023, I would imagine. 
at the rate we're going. So I mean, it is it's a fucking flat circle, and it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. Truly, we've is, been in, but, we've been in quarantine for ten minutes. Who cares? I I have to you know I gotta throw a little bit of shade though. Our last our last HBO Max review mm-hmm. was the little things. Are you regretting that nine just a little bit? Considering this, and not that every movie has to be compared one to one against each other, but you feel a little softer on it now. Yeah, it's not the... that great. Okay. It's not as good as it used to be. Okay, I needed something better to show me. It's it's like the a movie this we'll talk about later. Head that I... and shoulders. Oh yeah, of above course. any of the Warner Brothers HBO Max releases thus far. I mean, I know a lot of people watch Wonder Woman. I know a lot of people watch the little things. I hope just as many people. And it seems internet wise like a lot of people watch this when it dropped mm-hmm. and i i have consistently noticed a lag in hbo like the day or two or the week before they drop one of these because i'm like all these new subscribers dude gotta fix their bandwidth but every yep. single time it's like new movies coming out so if tom and jerry wrecks the thing because all these new families are signing up for mm-hmm. this coming month i'm gonna be upset You'll be you'll be perfectly happy the following month in April when Mortal Kombat comes Mortal out. Mortal Kombat. That's the only, only thing I didn't like about that trailer. There was no. Get me the classic guy. If the course. movie does not open with that voice, and that music, we're doing it wrong, or at least an updated version of it. Yeah, I could like I, maybe they they pay Daft Punk like a billion dollars to rewrite the Mortal Kombat theme. Maybe. I'm trying to think who could, who who could, or maybe they're now separate entities and they have to like battle each other. Yeah, Daft or Punk, Daft and or Punk. Yeah, Daft v Punk. Yeah. Okay. They're playable characters in the next game. It's fine. They should be. <laughs> definitely should be. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on Judas and the Black Messiah? I mean, the ending, like, the end, yes. the complete ending. Yes. Finding out that, and I love that they start with Lakeith as him. Sitting down to be interviewed, and they end with his interview. In 1990, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yes. They end with his interview. Now, I don't know. I don't know if it was 1990 before all that. This is when it first. I, the movie says it like this is the first time anyone heard of it was in the 90s. Two years after Fred Hampton's assassination, a group of people break into an FBI office, and it wasn't until this, like past two or three years that they came forward because the statute of limitations finally ran out mm-hmm. and people admitted who they were. And they did find and uncover what we now commonly refer to as COINTELPRO for anybody who didn't understand that when Noah said it earlier. And basically COINTELPRO was a Hoover counterintelligence program program. Yeah. It was basically Hoover's brainchild of we're going to keep tabs on these people. We're going to bug their phones. We're going to, won't go where they go. A lot of people don't like to talk about and forget about the and fact this, that when when Hoover was investigating Dr. King, he did all everything. He basically told him, "Kill yourself, bro. That's the only way we're going to stop fucking with you. Kill yourself." And he and his wife got through the bullshit, and he didn't kill himself. And we all know what happened with him. But like it, it, these documents detailed the insane amount of government money. That was yes. being spent. Your tax dollars were was being spent by the FBI to watch people who wanted to feed children breakfast and just have a little bit more than what they had. They didn't want the Not, moon. They didn't want to be like, you know, the leaders in industry. They just wanted it a little bit better than what they got. 
Not- and our tax dollars were spent to fucking spy on them. And as you said earlier, assassinate them. Yeah. Shame on us. No- yes, shame on us. Not not only that, if you want to get even, even broader, if you were trying to work for women's rights because they were infiltrating feminist yes. groups at the time, dude. Yes. It's so, it's so broad-reaching. It's like anything that well, has no. underlying See, you don't understand, socialist no. or communist-leaning agenda. They anything were- that is... "Quote unquote anti-American must be snuffed out." No, the Anything only reason they goes against traditional values. The only reason they infiltrated feminist movements is because J. Edgar wanted to know the latest trends. He wanted to know how to make sure that he could get everything he needed secretly without anybody knowing it. He needed to know what happens if I snag one of the the fish nets. What do how, do I sew it myself? Not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. And now you also have to deal with the army hammer of it all. But if you go back and watch J. Edgar, the way that they approach the whole cross-dressing angle mm-hmm. is fucking wild, dude. I'm If I'm not mistaken, it's tied to... It's like a remembrance of his mother. They somehow make it even weirder than it would have been if it's just like, dude, like to wear dresses sometimes. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> they make it so much, like... He's Norman Bates. Cycle. It, dude, it's He's totally strange. Norman Bates. What a weird movie. I saw that in the theater with mom. Two and a half hours. We'll never get back. Wow. That's yeah. a Clint Eastwood join in it. Did I see that in the theater? I feel like I saw that with mom in the theater. Probably. Almost positive. Yeah, it's not. No. I feel like, really, don't bother watching it. But definitely watch the Nixon director's cut with Bob Hoskins. Probably my favorite J. Edgar. Okay. Anyway, I don't have a favorite Jagger. I have a favorite. I, mean, I don't really Hughes. have a favorite one. Excuse me, but I have a know. favorite Howard Hughes. Yeah, Rocketeer. Obviously, that's the nice sure. Howard Hughes. Yeah, that's a cool Howard Hughes. He's like a. I like the way of the future personally. Yeah, way of the, the way future. future. The way, of, way the of the future. future. Way of the future. I saw that in the theater with Uncle PJ. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah! They had the Sin City trailer in front of them. Oh, first teaser. That's wow. right. 2004, baby. But, um... Magical <laughs> <tie>. movie season. <laughs> so, but to tie it all back to realize yes, that after... You, you had such an elegant, beautiful point we should have ended on Sorry, like five minutes just, ago. And, yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't know why they called it Judas and the Black Messiah. I get early on in the movie, that's what Martin Sheen, J. Edgar Hoover brands Fred Hampton. I never understood... I wasn't. I was like, "Where's the the, the Judas angle?" Like, I get the money. <laughs> never no, 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 no. Sorry. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. I I got it, but I'm like, wait, Judas like got paid and hung himself, and when they and I didn't, I never bothered oh, to yeah. look at what happened to uh, O'Neill, and when they they show Lakeith is him, and they come back to him, and he's like, well. I mean, I, I, at least I did something. Like, I, I was out there. Right. I did not, a little bit. Not the reaction you're expecting no. at all. After all that time. You're that thinking he'd be like, you know what? I yeah. fucked up. But to say that, it's almost as if, had he given a different answer that day, he would not have gone home and killed himself. Had he said, I've thought about it. And I played my role. I I grieve with it every day. I, I put my own say, you know, I should not have done what I did. I'm a terrible person and I will f- ask God to forgive me every day. I'm so sorry. And let the world see that. It's fine. It's almost like he got caught up in the moment. They asked him the question. He came off and just said what he was wanting to say first without thinking about what he said. That's what they caught. And when it aired, he went home and killed himself. And again, and that's just 
more tragedy on top of tragedy. There's a moment earlier when Fred Hampton goes to comfort the mother of a slain Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And they have this moment of like, here's how I want people to remember him. I want them to remember more than just this final incident, etc. And I love that the movie made time for that scene, right. period, because it doesn't have to be there. No, it's but it very, I'm glad you, it is. Something you very clearly could see excised, but it's beautiful that it's in there because it echoes exactly what you're talking about. That final statement from O'Neill, that, again, we're sitting there waiting for it to, we want that catharsis of like, dude, you know, like you've been, and you, that's the even more tragic thing, the like Shakespearean tragedy levels that this gets to. This guy essentially was put in a position where he had to betray not only his own race, essentially, but kind of everyone in society at large. Right. By helping to tamp this down, to tear it down from the inside, you're depriving society as a whole. The type of society that would maybe help a person who was in your circumstances right. to begin with. Right. But because of those circumstances, and again, on a human level, which one of us can say that we wouldn't do the same shit in the same circumstances? Hmm. Yeah. Faced with five years of jail time versus like, I get, you know, per diem basically, I get paid weekly by you guys. Maybe I get a bonus if I give you more information. I don't really have any allegiance to these people you're asking me to look at on because, you know. What have I they done really, for me? Exactly. Right. I'm in the spot I was, like, to begin with. But, yet yeah, that's the ultimate trap. He's forced into a scenario where he, whether all of these things are weighing on him in the moment or not, whether he understands the full implications of it or if it's just on a very human level, this guy is my friend mm-hmm. at this point. I'm betraying my friend. And yeah, that, I mean, that's the, like, again, I say, just stealth, run him as supporting actor and let him just fucking clean it up. Um, But that look on his face when he gives him the drink is just, it's everything, dude. Mm -hmm. He's uh, one of the best actors we have. And I, I venture to say this is his best performance, but... I also could make room for Sorry to Bother You, which is a fucking tour de force as far as I'm concerned. And we still have Atlanta season three coming out soon. Right. And I was going to say, and Sorry to Bother You is 100%. I mean, he, the concept does a lot of the heavy lifting, but he carries that movie on his back. He's in every single scene practically. I love that fucking movie. Yes. Um, so yeah, tremendous cat. And I don't, I don't know if we gave enough praise to Daniel Kaluuya, but no, yeah, yeah embodying everything that Fred Hampton seemed to stand for and just nailing the, the the public speaking prowess, like the energy of that in so many different scenes. One of my favorite scenes where he's giving like a tremendous speech and we see that Jesse Plemons is just chilling in the back with the most menacing look of all time on his face. Uh, great scene. But earlier in the scene, we didn't really even talk about this. The movie even... To me, very expertly makes time for a love story that does not feel shoehorned in here no, at all. Not at all. The entire meeting and romancing and further relationship with his wife, who again, dude, she's fucking what was she, nine months pregnant? Yeah. When they came in that night. Like yep. 
Again, miracle that two like, weeks later he miracle was born. that she wasn't shot or the baby wasn't injured on top of all that. And that is the only like solace or like beautiful coda you get at the end is she's an activist like to this day. And Fred Hampton Jr. is like the... chairs whatever position yeah. now. But yeah, that was the only like light in the midst of all of this is like yes, something did come out and hopefully people seeing this story will be inspired by it. again fact that i said the the main thing i kept coming back to dude was fucking 21 dude just and it's a different time it's a different era it's all of that but he was 21 years old like what a life and one that was like taken way way too soon and for literally no legitimate reason whatsoever right and again the they of course include in there like yeah there was a settlement decades later Mm-hmm. For like you know a couple million or whatever. Yeah, I think like how, three million. How can you exactly? How can you equate that to like, you know, that doesn't doesn't even put a dent in, you know, rebuilding what he potentially would have done in his lifetime to get us to the point where like we might be now if people like him were not snuffed out on a regular basis. Um, that's where the again infuriating part comes through. Mm-hmm. But I I I did like that we got some of those little coda moments, but. Uh, yeah, dude, just a fucking knockout. Yeah, great movie. Uh, I hope, even late in the game, I'm hoping top of mind awareness, people are like, well, clearly, it's got to be in the conversation for best picture. Arguably, again, Shaka King to come from. I think his previous movie is Newly Weeds. It's like an indie stoner romantic comedy. To come from that to like, dude, this is like master level, like studio dramatic entertaining mm-hmm. action thriller filmmaking yeah i mean we didn't even that talk also about the has a, like something to say a lot of things to say on top of it and again you're getting like arguably career best performances from two of the best living working actors right now so again i'm not eager to revisit this movie but the watchability factor is such that like i'm like if this were in the days of like normal cable and everything this is one of those. If it came on, oh yeah, oh, I'm watching course. it. You know, yeah, inescapable. It, in reality, once it's cycled through, obviously it'll be off of HBO Max. It'll be purchasable on VOD. Eventually, we'll get Blu-rays. Like you know, but it will be one that like I'll throw on because it's just it's a ride. And again, to be that entertaining and still never never lose sight of all of the the scope of what it wanted to encompass, just. Killer stuff, dude. Yeah. Great movie. Okay. I think we set our piece. I think that might be one of the longest reviews we've done mm-hmm. for, a, for a new movie. Yeah. Except for maybe like Mute. Oh, yeah. Big hit. One of <laughs> our biggest mute. hits. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm still, Everybody I'm still, remembers Mute. Yeah. I remember we, we just hit the zeitgeist with that. We were like fresh in there same weekend. Yeah. So maybe we try that our next Our hot time. take of like, hey, it was weird. Sure does weird look good. Duncan Jones movie. Sure does look good, even though it doesn't say much. Yeah, yeah. Still one of the wildest Paul Rudd. Oh my God! That nobody yes. talks about and yeah. Justin Thoreau for that matter. Fuck! I forgot Justin Thoreau was in that. Do you remember that they're gay lovers? I do remember that part. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Not Who's... that there's anything wrong with that. I feel like I had a weird tone. Do you remember that they're gay, gay lovers? lovers? I did not. Uh... Mean it like that at I all? I just feel like okay. that's just the, the 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 tagline for every character Justin throws places. 
I'm a mess. Like, just when he meets What's-Her-Face for the first time, he's like, I'm a mess. It's like watching that show all over yeah, again. We, we get it. We know. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah, we knew. We get it, Kevin. Yeah, we get it, Kevin. Oh, God. So good. Okay. <laughs> we need to talk about it. I did see... These will be short because you have not seen either one of them. I do want to see the Nomad Land. Okay. You have to sell me on that. One. What's the other one? Well, I'm going to at least talk about it broadly. I don't want to spoil anything, but Nomad Land is on Hulu. If you're not aware, right? It is a front runner for Best Picture. It's directed by Chloe Zhao. Her previous movie, The Rider, was on one of my year end lists like two years ago. I think incredible movie. It's available on Hulu. Did Francis you buy McDormand. that one? Yeah, we own it on Amazon. That's right. That's okay. I knew there was a reason why that was there. Yeah. Because I went and looked at my stuff, and I saw that, and then The Thief is one. I would watch Nomadland first, and then backtrack, actually, so instead is, of reverse. Work. Is Nomadland, like, a legit movie, or did they just take yes, a camera? Yes, it's a legit movie. Well, did they take a camera and just follow her around to these people? And if, she played herself as she lied to people? This, like, w- this one's a totally solid introduction, and then I want you to go back and watch The Rider. Okay. okay. That's all I'll say. Um interested to see what you think of it but yes it's a legit movie it, weird it's her style thus far she only made three movies her next one is eternals which is already done big mcu movie next phase like you know wild that that's who they tapped but i can't wait to see what she does with it hybrid documentary yeah fiction films essentially the first two movies songs my brother taught me i believe and the writer is the second one they are non-actors playing characters, fictionalized characters, who very closely represent who they are. But there's a there's a narrative, if you will. Yeah. Nomadland changes up the script a little bit because you have Francis McDormand, an actual actor, mm-hmm. and everybody else save for one person who I won't spoil for you because I don't even know if he's in the trailer. Um, and you might be excited when he pops up, but uh, save for one other actor, everybody is you know it's all real people, all non actors. But they're given they have a script and are given lines, or she because honestly, I it felt can, like she was borating everybody I in the trailer. Either, gotcha. I can I can tell you exactly how they did it, or you can watch the movie and kind of just like vibe it out. But basically, it's based on a book. They scouted out like these people in advance, like the production crew essentially went ahead, interviewed these people. And then Chloe Zhao and Francis McDormand shaped the conversations or the narrative around these people's real life stories. Essentially, right. but do they know it's Francis McDormand coming to some sit of down them? And talk I don't think did. That's what I wanted to know. But because it's not like, like they were filming surreptitiously. I think it's just like the, as far as they knew, they were filming a movie about right because that about the nomad no, culture. That's, but I, that's I exactly some, how I would do it. You okay. just honestly yes yes she's super people, recognizable i think some people knew it was her i think some people had no idea and, and thought that's what well, she was this fern person well that's what i'm saying is like if you you just say hey, i'm a documentary filmmaker my friend does this i'm gonna follow her around you know i don't know if you ever met her she may have not ever come and worked in your town but can we do you mind sitting down talking with us and you don't tell anybody who she is and you just go and you get what you get and you make the story from that I like to think that that's like how you get one of the best, like like you said, hybrid docudramas. I mean, so the more people who don't know it's Francis McDormand, the better. Yes. So I'm hoping that's... 100%. It's yeah. available on Hulu. You will check it out. We'll talk more in depth after you've seen it. Mm-hmm. I do recommend it to everybody to check it out. And it, at, at the very least, it's going to be a big award season player. So if you want to be able to say like, I saw it. What's the big deal? 
you can do that now. Yeah, do it on Hulu and, before uh, they change it, change it up around the award season. you got to pay to watch it. Yes. You know that's what's going to happen. Uh, Minari, which I was able to see in our local indie theater, I believe is available at home through A24. It's like a special direct screening thing where you can buy a ticket to it to watch it digitally. But it is not available on traditional VOD yet, and it is not on Roll a service. Back. You said A24? Yes. This is an A24 picture. Oh, I'm intrigued. Go on. Oh, so now you're on board. Uh, yes. Okay. Minari is from director Lee Isaac Chung. It stars the only person you would know, Stephen Yun. Excuse me. Don't tell me. I want to fucking watch this movie so bad, dude. Don't tell me anything about it. Well, just because he's in it? No, because oh, it's okay. the little boy and like the Hebrews. Oh, you the, the, the trailer. Yeah, dude. I want to watch this so bad, dude. You ain't got to sell me on none of these. Okay. I want to watch this shit. I almost cried in the trailer, dude. I like, almost, don't even start. One hundred percent. I almost want to tell you there is one other actor who you definitely know in it. I don't know if he's in the trailer. I think who who is it? Dude, Will Patton's in this movie. What you been watching, I mean, Noah? If you, if you weren't, what you been watching, Noah? I'm done. Um, we're done. That's all you need to say. Will Patton Anyways, is in a movie. People, if you if you Google it, there is a way to watch it digitally right now. If you are not in a place where you can go see it safely in a theater, if you're not lucky enough to have an open theater near you, um, I highly recommend it. Retroactively, it cracked my top ten. Maybe I'll tell you where it was uh, once Gavin's seen it, and we can talk about it. Yeah, mark my words. Very man. good movie. I will say. Mark that. my words. Both of those will be in my. In my, when we come back and do, we're going to give new two by twos at the end of this. We come back to record those. I'll have those in the bag. No Madly and a Minari. All right. So I did check those out. Highly recommend them both. Now we're, uh, this is pretty much where you can tune out. This is the end of the new part of the show. Now we're getting into what we've been watching, and it's just going to be a smorgasbord, I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, thank you for anybody who stuck with us this far. Um, but if you want to fast forward to the end of the episode, we're going to be talking about. Our next two by two episode for yeah. March. Mm-hmm. So check the show notes. Maybe you want to find out. And I'm what's gonna going to probably forget it later. So I'm just going to tell you now. Remember, please spay and neuter your cats. Yeah. And dogs. And visit the archive at gmail.com. And email the archive. Yes. Yeah. All of that stuff. That's a okay. Whole, this is a huge list I got this time. Okay. Well, let's keep it new, new. And I will transition off of Minari by talking about. The best movie I've seen since we last spoke. Just narrowly edged out Judas and the Black Messiah. It's from 2018. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix right now. You can go check it out, and I hope that you do. It's a movie called Burning. What happens in it? I mean, I cannot and will not tell you. I think I may have seen this a long it. time ago. A long time ago? It's 2018. There's been a pandemic in between this Stephen time. Yun. I'm 30-something. Stephen Yun is in it. Yeah. Is this ringing a bell? Yeah. It's a Korean movie. Yeah. It's quite long. Yeah. I watched this along when it came out. Okay. Why do I not fucking remember it? I'm amazed that it didn't stick with you because... Because, well, there's like... Fucking masterpiece, yes. dude. Do you... I'm... Well, I don't want you to start talking about it because then you'll spoil it for people yeah. who may or may not have seen it. Go ahead. I'm going to remind you of a few details, but it's about a young man who's out doing his laundry one day <laughs> and bumps into a girl who says, hey, do you remember me from when we were young? Blah, blah, blah. They kind of rekindle a romance, if you will. She's like, hey, can you can you 
look after my cat for two months. I got to go to Africa. It's like, yeah, all right. I'll look <laughs> after your cat. Even though he's never seen the cat, it always hides whenever he comes into the apartment. So he goes and keeps feeding this cat that he never sees. And eventually she shows back up at the airport. But she's got another man with her. And that man is Stephen Yun. And Stephen Yun proceeds to deliver one of the best performances I've ever seen by an actor. Period. Dot. End of statement. I've been, this is one of those I've been saving as a present for myself. I own it, like, digitally. I bought it as soon as it was available. I Mm -hmm. paid the, like, full 20 for it. Jesus. When it came out digitally, because I had heard it was incredible. And it's two and a half hours long. And it is one of those movies that every time I was like, two and a half hours, subtitles, I gotta be, like, in the mood. I gotta be ready for it. I gotta be prepped. And it was just never the right time. Never the right time. All of a sudden, Minari's coming to the indie theater and I'm like dude I love Steven Yoon the coming out party for me was sorry to bother you I was like oh shit dude and then you then really saw Mayhem and you were like oh my god I didn't catch Mayhem yet but I'm probably oh, gonna Mayhem go back cause, so good, dude. I mean I loved him on Walking Dead but then I kind of tuned out for a little and it's like oh and then he just secretly also became one of the best actors exactly. of his generation yeah. holy shit but and dude he's incredible in Minari but burning dude if you don't remember it that well, I'm go gonna, back. I'm gonna rewatch it. Is, are any of these details ringing? About? Uh, yeah, I do. The subtitles. If it's one of those you watched just, and you were like half asleep. I was so dialed into it. I was. Just, it's based on a Haruki uh, Murakami short story. Mm-hmm. So I think like one of the few adaptations of his stuff that exists. One of my favorite authors. Blew me away, dude. Just like one of those I just like sat and thought about for like. I, it, it continues to crop up in my brain. I saw it like last week. Great stuff. It's on Netflix for anybody who uh, who has Netflix. Burning from 2018. Check it out. But yeah, all of that that I just described happens within like the first half hour of the movie probably. Maybe a little bit longer. Okay. Masterpiece. Absolutely love it. One of my new favorite movies. Can't wait to rewatch it again. I just wanted to hit you with that one while we were transitioning off of Minari. You talk about whatever you want. Uh, so you want brand new ones? But new for you? New you for know, me, yeah. Whatever. Um, My rewatches are really boring. I'm going to hit you with them real quick. Okay. Unless you... I got... I got pull the trigger, man. You got to be quick. Brand new one. <laughs> brand new one. You may hate me for it, but I fucking love this movie, dude. I watched Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I'm going to watch it? It is so fucking good, dude. It doesn't I've, have any business being as good as it is. I've, I've heard it turned out great. And it I was literally turn out great. just me telling the story of the whole production to Veronica where I was like, babe, so they released this trailer. The movie's ready, done, about to come out. And people are like, what the hell did you do to Sonic? They go back. They re-edit it. And I'm like, and in any other circumstance, the end of that story is like, and it came out and nobody gave a shit and it tanked. And it was a huge bomb and they wasted all this money on it. But it's like, no, it came out. People actually really enjoyed it and it made a lot of its money. They listened to the internet. They mm-hmm. fixed it. Right. And then the internet actually supported them when they when they came back out. But I showed her, the. she was like, well, I got, what did he look like before? And I started showing her the side-by-sides and I showed her the original trailer. And she's like, 
what the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> like, who who was okay with this? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yeah, it went through an entire production cycle. They had pitch meetings. They had, you know, people were rendering this stuff. And nobody stepped up and was like, this looks creepy and weird. Like, what are we doing here? Why does he have human-looking legs? What the fuck? That, that alone, just describing that to her, she was like, oh, and Jim Carrey's in it? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, let's watch it no, soon. Jim so we're going we're gonna to watch it soon. Jim Carrey is having a fucking day with this movie. I just want to tell you one thing that made me laugh my fucking ass off. There is a bit where they're in a bar, and the the... The redneck biker guy's like, we don't like your kind around here. And he's like, what do you mean our kind? And the bikers go, hipsters. And Ben Schwartz goes, how dare you? Like, just that alone, I was dying. And then the scene that plays later is a total Quicksilver slowdown thing. It's, you'll love it. And just the quips from Ben Schwartz as Sonic. I, I cannot not, like, they need to hire him. To be the voice for whatever cartoon they have in the works. I know they have a new revamped one that's kind of meta. That's pretty good. Well, I think clearly the movie's getting a sequel because I think it did way better than they expected. Yeah, like 300,000. Again, the idea that they were like, yeah, you know what everybody everybody hates about video game movies? Seeing the characters that they love and recognize for the video game. So we got to make this weird humanoid like freakish and version dude, of it. I'll people tell you. said it at the time that I'm not bringing anything new to the table but he looks like the kid from Jumanji when he turns into yes. a monkey mm-hmm. That's he, what looks, he like looks like Peter from Jumanji a blue version of Peter from Jumanji and I will say this I, I, I don't know why I've, I've forgotten it but fucking James Marsden is fucking hilarious or when he, when I just he, wish he, he people would well get he is good like James Marsden's one of our more underrated actors. I, I feel would, like he got a little bit of respect after Westworld. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, that show kind of went to shit. But, right. Uh, he, I feel like he's just I, waiting I, for that one, dude. Again, I will, just ride the or, one. I will ride or die for the box. It's a great yes. movie. Also has one of the best Cameron Diaz performances. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on the box. No, okay. the box is good. Rewatch. Are you you're done with your new stuff? No, I got a couple other new ones. I just figured I'd give you okay. a couple of rewatch. Dude, you know, We're jumping all over the place. Man, it's wild and loose. Yeah. Loosey-goosey. I watched Mafia. Is that the parody? Yes. <laughs> is that Les, a Leslie Nielsen joint? That is a Lloyd Bridges joint. He's also in Airplane. That's a Lloyd He's Bridges J. Right? Yeah. You know, the wrong week Bo and Jeff's dad? Yeah, that Bridges. Kind of just blew my mind a little bit. Wait, what? I know that they that they have the, that Bo and Jeff Bridges' no, dad is Lloyd Bridges. I knew that their dad was a an actor. Uh huh. And I know that Lloyd Bridges is an actor, but you didn't realize but I never that Lloyd connected was the... them together. You're shit. Now it's kind of no legit. That's kind of blowing my mind. Really? <laughs> their dad's the glue sniffer from Airplane. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. So Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. Yeah. Oh god. But yeah, it's it's basically it's the one thing Nielsen didn't touch because you know Nielsen did Naked Gun and he did Wrongfully Accused and Spy Hard. Nielsen has like legit mafia ties and he's like, hey, I'm not gonna step on it. <laughs> no, exactly. But Jay yeah. Moore, you know? Oh, I I've definitely seen. This we movie. dude, we've watched this. We thought it was hilarious. Like. The scene where they try to assassinate him and it looks like he's dancing because they're shooting him. 
you know and, and it's definitely one of those that it's the it's good it's good fellas there was a trail it's married to the mob casino yeah. good fellas the the godfather all rolled into one with parody it's fucking ridiculous That's christina applegate's in more will never be in a scorsese picture right <laughs> yeah um I rewatched that because it was just randomly there on Hulu, and I was like, I remember this as a kid at Immortal. Let's check it out. And it's just, it's ridiculous slapstick. Got some laughs. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty fucking. Hell yeah. Held up a good bit. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll hit you with some rewatches real quick. Uh, Blue Velvet. Okay. We had kind of, we we're still in the, the tail end of the afterglow of Twin Peaks The Return, and we were, we were looking for a lynch. That's the one Veronica's seen the least. One of the ones I've seen the most, actually, weirdly. Because I feel like I've shown it as an intro movie to a lot of people to try and get them into him. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. No real new thoughts, to be honest with you. I just love that movie. Not my favorite, Lynch, but a good one. Rewatch The Great Mouse Detective? Oh, yeah. They're covering uh, Clements and Musker on Blank Check. So they're doing... Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Hercules, Treasure Plant, like those animators specifically, the ones huh. they worked on, and some of those coincide with like the Disney Renaissance. Hmm. But yeah, so they were covering it, and I was like, I remember really liking that one. Haven't seen it in a while. I remember I was being like, really I scared. I know Little Mermaid, and I know Aladdin, like the back of my hand, but Great Mouse Detective, I was like, when, I need to when put they, my eyes on that one. When again. the one drunk mouse. Like, like feed him to the cat? Yes, dude. So fucking scary. That yeah. and like the opening with And I love cats. But... Olivia Flavisher's dad getting taken. Some intense stuff. Yeah, dude. No, I remember this was a big one for you, Basil Basil of Baker Street. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fun time it still holds up, dude. Especially okay, that, good. that third act, like when he goes inside the clock tower and everything, yeah. and it's like it goes CG or partially CG. Mm-hmm. Dude. Great stuff. Even though technically it's ripping off. Hayao Miyazaki's Castle of Cagliostro. Ten years later. But nobody... They even admit to it. I'm just saying. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Deerskin, which is available on HBO Max for people. That was on my list. I need to watch it again. Yeah, I saw that. That was one of the last movies that I saw before the initial lockdown quarantine phase of 2020. I saw Uh, the trailer when it was up on Prime for Rent. If you need a quick... A quick watch. That's the way I will recommend it to you. Next time you're like, I'm a little tired, but I could I could go for an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah. Just a great, weird little movie. I've watched it twice now. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Even Veronica even liked it. It was her her brand of surreal and out there. It's uh, Quentin Dupier, the guy who did Rubber. I guess that's the movie most people know him for. The Killer Tire movie. Yeah. Uh, Deerskin would probably be my maybe my second favorite. He's got some other good ones in there, though. Uh, and finally, on my rewatches, I watched Hard Eight, the first uh, PTA movie. Oh, yeah. Ver- it's the only one Veronica had never seen. Yeah. And we came to this realization. So occasionally I will pull movies off the rack and like make a stack for her to choose from. Mm-hmm. I've put Hard Eight in probably about 20 stacks over the last like several months. And she never picks it. And then randomly... She was like, I all I said to her was, I was like, that's the only one you haven't seen. You've seen them all. Except for that one. That's the first one. And I think she knows what I'm saying because on the cover it says a P.T. Anderson picture. Okay, mm-hmm. But she's like, 
doesn't even notice it. We put the movie on, and I'm talking about it a bit and everything, and I point out, I'm like, this intro track right here for the opening credits, it's the same song, like when Dirt gets beat up and Roller Girl beats the shit out of that guy in Boogie Nights, like it's the same music cue, but here's the first time it was used. And she's like, wait, so what? And I was like, this is the movie Paul Thomas Anderson made. She's like, oh, this is a PTA. And I was like, yes, that's why I was like, why has she never picked this out? You like all of his other movies. You've never picked it out of the stack. She's like, I just thought it was some boy crime movie. I think she thought it was like a Scorsese movie. And she's kind of half and half boy crime. Scorsese. I love it. Boy and crime? So, yeah. Garbage boy crime? <laughs> is, that some, is that a new but genre? she's like, yeah, I just thought it was something like that. But she read the back of it. Still didn't realize it was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but was like, oh, okay, it's not quite what I thought it was. It was more of a character study, blah, blah, blah. And she saw John C. Riley was in it, who she loves. And so we throw it on. She enjoyed it. Not her favorite. At Boogie Nights, we watch like probably two or three times a year together. One of her favorite movies. But I wouldn't say she like was over the moon for it, but she was like, oh, this is interesting. I was like, glad to see his first one. But yeah, so we've been going by for months, and she just had no idea that that, that was his. And I thought we were on the same page. Where And she was just like, I refuse to watch this one. It's an inferior Anyone film. But this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and to be fair, it's the one that like nobody talks about. But it's fucking good. And it is fucking good. The only reason I feel like nobody talks about it is because he goes on to subsequently make masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. And Heart Eight is the only one that you can look at and be like... It's a really, really good, borderline great movie, but it's not quite a masterpiece. Yeah. Well, we decided that when I watched it. Gwyneth Paltrow. That's the problem. She is the flaw, and she is also the only one who, when he did the shorts that eventually would comprise this movie, Moira Kelly, I want to say, played that part. Mm -hmm. That's the only role that's changed when they bring it in to the feature. Uh, She doesn't... She doesn't totally bug me in the way she does in some other stuff, but she sticks out like a sore thumb for some reason. I don't know. This is post seven, right? Yes. Right. Yes. It's the year after. Right. I understand the instinct to cast her, and I'm sure it got them like more financing just her being attached to the movie, considering like this is a Philip Baker Hall vehicle. <laughs> like But you also have really... Sam Jackson, so it's like Sam Jackson post pulp, yeah. Post pulp post time to kill. Yeah. Pre Deep Blue Sea. It's, I think this is literally a case of like the production company. I think got shuttered like before they released it, and then it just kind of got like thrown out there. It never had a proper like, probably release, and they changed the title, all this other stuff. I branched off of Hard Eight. That's my last rewatch mm-hmm. to a movie that I regrettably had never seen before, which is tangentially connected. Are you familiar with 1988's 87? familiar with Midnight Run? We've never talked about it. Sam Jackson. No. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro and Charles Groden. Groden, that's who it is. Yes. What am I thinking of with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines? That's uh, Running Scared? That's it. Okay. Good movie? I've never seen it. Oh, good movie. Oh, okay. Not as good as Midnight Run. Well, I've heard Midnight Run is like... Midnight Run is great, and it's one of those where I was just like, I know, it's one of those, I know all the bits from it, too. I just had never sat down and watched it. Right. Start to finish. Great movie. The connection is Philip Baker Hall also plays a character named Sidney. Ah, uh, okay. In Midnight Run. Very small role. The names are spelled differently, but 
Heart 8 is essentially a spiritual sideways sequel about like what if you made a movie about this guy who's in Midnight Run for like two Dude, seconds. could you imagine if we did all the Midnights in something? Midnight Run, Midnight Express, Midnight, Midnight Special. Midnight Special. Yeah. We Still want you to go back to that one. Ask her to watch it with you. Midnight's see what happens. at the movies. Yeah. With the Blanchard Brothers. Right. All right. Ask her to watch it with you. See what she thinks. Which one? Midnight Special. Oh, I thought you were going to say Midnight Express. I was like, oh, no, no, I if she's down for that one. No, it's a little too too harsh. Midnight Special? I could probably talk her into that. I'm sure she would like it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Midnight Run's totally fun. It's on HBO Max right now. You okay, then I'll definitely, yeah, definitely have to then. So many great bits. Joey Pants, killing it in there. It's one of his big early coming out parties, I guess. Late 80s coming out parties. Um... You, you can jump in there. I'm going to give you the rest of my rewatches real quick. For sure. Um, let's see. Rewatches. Bad Samaritan with... Uh, you watched it again with David Tennant? Yeah. You watched it again? Yeah. Okay. Just It was on. There's something to put on. I, was, I, I made it. I, I, no judgments uh, here. I've never Night, seen it. Night Hunter. Did I tell you that I watched this before? Henry Cavill? Stanley Tucci? No. Yeah. Um, I watched that again. Okay. It's like a, it's like a, it's wanting to be like a criminal profiler, like thriller, shocker thing. I don't know when it was made, in what context. I don't think it has anything to do with why Henry Cavill looks so weird. We all know that's Mission Impossible, why he looks so weird in Justice League. Um, but I watched it again because I got about maybe twenty minutes in and was like, I think I've seen this. <laughs> Because I watched it with Becky a long time ago, and we were talking to each other throughout it about what was going on, and I also had my phone, so I was kind of like halfway paying attention, and then when I got to the whole like, oh, Henry Cavill's a good guy and he's not the killer, I was like, oh, okay, I got it. I, 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 it's all kind of coming back. It's kind of like that really terrible Fastbender movie. This was it. Fastbender. The snowman. Yes. Started it and could not. It even is such a it. fucking. It's what such a, a drag. Film. Yes. <laughs> um, rewatched Hard Rain. All right. Um, it's the New Orleans. It's Christian uh, Slater, Morgan Freeman. It's the first pairing. Yeah. Well, jet ski vehicle. It's. Yeah. There's I used to get flood. this in Deep Rising confused. There's a. I would flood. always rent the wrong one at the. Right. The VHS store. Right. <laughs> How do you miss hard rain and deep rising? Look at those posters. Tell me they don't look similar. I guess. I mean, maybe. Deep rising, hard rain. Dude, deep rising. You having a, a deep gym. rising in the hard rain? Yeah, yeah. It's, hard rising in the deep. It, it, it's hold, it the holds rain. Up. And it's weird to think that like two years later, Treat the same guy that writes hard rain writes Broken Arrow for them. Or maybe Broken Arrow was first, and then they worked together again on Hard Rain. I can't remember. Either way, I was impressed with how, like, I thought they, like, I was like, did they find this town and just flood it? And it's like, oh, no, it's all on, like, a giant, like, you know, 60s, you know. You're like, no, we spent $100 million to make this happen. Back when we could, you know, we had money to get rid of because, you know, people owe people money or favors. Um, I rewatched Mars Attacks. Classic. Very. One of my favorite Burtons. And I also rewatched... From hell. Okay. So now everything else I'm going to tell you is going to be brand new. Okay. All mine are new to go me. F- go for it. We're having fun with uh-huh. our uh, old buddy Billy. Billy yeah. yeah. We talked a little sorcerer last episode. Uh huh. So I decided to explore the oeuvre a little further. 
Wanted to Jade? Visit, another, visit another Billy. Did yeah. you watch Jade? I did watch Jade. Did I you watch wa- Jade? No, I gotta watch Jade. I watched I told... the trailer for Jade. <laughs> fucking wild, buddy. I sent you a clip. Yeah, that I was pretty to get fucking crazy. I was now on you're board. Just doing <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am sorry. Uh Jade, yes. The uh the nineties erotic thrill. This is like Freakin's Basic Instinct. Like, yeah, what if what if <laughs> Billy Friedkin directed a less good Basic Instinct, also written by Joe Esterhouse? His some of his leftovers, does he some have, of his cocaine residue. Does he have Gene, left Gene on the Triplehorn? What? Is Gene Triplehorn in this movie? No. Okay. Well, you got uh Excuse who me. Who was the woman? Because oh I gosh. she looked hella familiar. Linda Fiorentino. Excuse okay. me. Of Dogma fame. And, okay. Yes. So if. If if Basic Instinct is the top, and let's say Body of we're, Evidence we're is the bottom, the sexual thriller, right? Like, if Basic Instinct, the Basic top, Instinct is the Citizen Kane of the genre, yes. right? And Body of Evidence is like the low bar. Where's Jade? Is it closer to Body of Evidence or closer to Basic Instinct? Here's the thing, man. Also, where does uh, Nine and a Half Weeks fit into this? <laughs> Or color of night. Where does that creep? <laughs> I don't know, dude. We we should really people, people have done it. We would not be the first. But does the it matter? Sum, the summer of sexual thrillers definitely should. Be we should do that, point. dude. I revisited so many of them during quarantine. We but should. I would love to go back through. Them. Let's do it. But we have to get some females on the episodes because otherwise, what is the point? We just be two guys talking about Bruce Willis' dick and like, who wants that? You know what's terrible, dude? When Dad lived on base, I I found the VHS that he had rented, Color of Night, and I'm like, that's the first time in my life I was like, Dad and I both have seen like the same movie, (laughs) and it's definitely got a lot of fucking sex scenes. This is really weird. I don't know how I feel about this. Okay, this was like worse than like you know. There's a few dicey moments with mom and theaters a couple times. Where I'm like, oh, like, I don't know why. Wow, do I really want to be sitting here with this? History like, of violence. That's the one I always go to. I go to Jason X. It's just like. We saw that together. With her. Yes. The same day as Spider-Man. I know. Because you forced us to. I did not the force worst you double to. feature ever. All I wanted to do. I didn't hate it. I didn't ask you guys to come in. I just needed the we ticket. We were just throwing money. It's, are those both Sony movies? Yes. We were giving yes. all of our money to Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking okay. of this. Speaking of which, yeah, I was I was watching a little YouTube rabbit hole, celebrity mean tweets, and the running back, Sony Michelle comes on, and he's like, Sony Michelle, more like Panasonic Michelle. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> he, he just started laughing. I was like, that's a good mean tweet because it's not really that mean, but it's really fucking funny making yeah. fun of his name. I'm sorry, you you had to throw the whole Sony thing out there. Yeah, um, seriously, the summer of sexual thrillers. We need to curate a list, and we need to watch them. We will, I think we rank them before we even watch them. We make our top ten, and then each week is us discussing, like, how, why this sits where it sits. That's the thing, is, like, I know, there's so many that I still have never seen. Right. There's stuff like Sliver with, a, oh, yeah. there's a bald one in there. Yeah, I saw And that. I think Sharon Stone again. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's an Esther house. Maybe we just do every Esther house movie. Cause I think, does that open us up to do devil's advocate as well? Oh, don't even talk about devil's advocate. The Esther house connection. How do we is get that a podcast? I don't, do we get, series. how do we get wild things in there? 
I don't know. Oh, dude. Yeah. That, I mean, okay. If we're putting that on the scale, that's closer to basic instinct, dude. It might be like, what a, just a fucking entertaining as hell movie, dude. Just so yes. well done. Yes. Oh, it's exactly what you, I mean, what more could you want in a movie? It's, Seriously. <laughs> we rewatched me, Wild did, Things during quarantine, by the way. Of course. Yes. You got fucking, okay. you got, you got Matt Dillon. We, we don't have to get into all of it. You got Jade. Denise Richard, Richards. Do you want to hear about Jade for a minute? I kind of just want to watch Jade on my own. You need to. It's on Prime right now. All right. I'll watch it. But I only, had a blast. I'm That's sure all you I'll did. say. It looked like a blast just from the trailer. Not not to mention the fucking <laughs> scene that you sent me. Jesus Christ. That right afterwards leads to a car chase that in its own way, I, I won't know. say it rivals. French Connection. I won't say it rivals French Connection or To Live and Die in L.A., but it's totally like a, hey, I still got it, guys. This is my, 90, it, this is my 90s car chase. I've given you a 70s. I've given you an 80s. 11, okay. You've got, you, Was one of them in a Mustang? No. Okay. You definitely need to watch Jade because we, we got to talk about it. I will watch I Jade. was watching it, debating. I was like, is this an episode? Or is this 20 minutes of an episode? And I was like, I think it's 20 minutes of an episode, but it's going to be a wild one. Uh, you definitely need to watch it. It's on Prime right okay. now. I will remind you. Okay. I'm sorry. Do you want to jump in? I mean, I only I, have like a few. You want, you want new ones? Like brand it. new ones to me? Dude, I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Here for you. Okay. Here for um, you, brother. I watched, brand new to me, I watched the Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix. I've heard about, about Elisa Lamb. Interesting things. Yeah. You finished the whole thing? I did. I already knew about the case left and right. I already made my conclusions Veronica about it. I was already like, familiar with it as well. And I was yeah. like, I guess I missed the book. I vaguely remembered the video itself. But yeah. uh, so, worth the time, four it episodes, was, right? Just because of the, because it is anchored to the hotel and they're, they don't really go crazy about like other things. They do mention, you know, Richard Ramirez stayed there. They mentioned a guy who kind of showed up and was like a photographer for uh you know these magazines and oh no really he's not he's fucking killing hookers left and right and he stayed there that kind of thing but it is heavily tied to elisa lamb the thing i appreciated is things that i see more and more and stuff just when we talked about like glitch in the matrix you have people in their houses on zoom calls a lot of armchair detectives a lot of people and I don't know if they were trying to make the case that, like, this was the one that got everybody, like, off their ass for true crime because of, like, there is a YouTube video. It's so right. whatever. And, you know, when you... So open to interpretation. Right. But then when you also... To a really, certain point until they... Yeah. But with... Well, no. But with what they do with it, when they explain that, like, there's one key factor that is only brought up at the trial, or not the trial, whenever it all comes out... That completely debunks the entire thing, but it the idea that, like, if that one piece is removed, there's still all these people who think, oh, no, somebody put her there. She didn't get in there on her own because it all hinges on whether or not this tiny thing that she could have not closed back when she got in there, whether it was open or closed when someone came up there. And they dispel the, tr the rumors that, yeah, it was already open. It wasn't closed. Nobody closed her in there. But it got so miscommunicated in the in the media and online that eventually it was just like, doesn't matter. The shit was closed. How did that happen? Mm -hmm. And it just, but it does spend enough time with it to kind of let you know and like make you aware that like 
just because you hear things about cases in certain instances, don't ever take it as fact. Figure it out. Because they had the guy who found her the entire time being like, it was open. But plenty of people on the news and like the, because the police captain comes out and says, I believe it was closed when they found it. That's it. Done. It's never going to be open again, even though it was. Right. In the public's eye, it was closed and somebody did that to her. And it's sad and it's tragic. It does have a lot to say about people in, in current, you know, mental problems, mental states, you know. What are signs? What are behaviors of erratic behavior? All that kind of stuff. But overall, breaking it up like they did, I think they did a really good job with her case, but also with the hotel in general is what it, what it is. So I enjoyed that one on Netflix. Okay. I where do I want to go? I did a little epics subscription specifically oh, for a, a trial run, mm-hmm. specifically to watch Saint Maud. Okay. Which is an A24 horror film that was, I believe, supposed to come out in 2019, got delayed into 2020, and then, of course, got completely punted because of COVID, and finally ended up on Epics. Um, it is about a young, very devout hospice nurse uh, who takes on a new post and... Uh, Darkness and th- hilarity. I was going to say hilarity, but there's there's not an ounce of comedy in this movie. Uh, ensues. Did did not fully come together for me. I was super hyped for it as a great trailer. Mm-hmm. Just did, and great performances, pretty much across the board. Just did not thematically come together for me and it has third act problems i don't know how else to describe it yeah um definitely one i may check out again for a rewatch maybe in october maybe i'll give it a second pass but yeah and unfortunate that it kind of got lost in the shuffle now it's siloed off into a weird subscription thing where it's like if you know i don't know when it's going to be on vod for people potentially i do think it's worth checking out it's very atmospheric mm-hmm. and it has good performances and it's got it's got some good creep factor. I just felt like it was a little muddled and a little hollow at the end. Maybe I'm an idiot and I didn't fully get it. I will. I'll check it I out. Will grant the movie. Uh, I'll check it out and tell you whether. You're yeah, Gavin, you'll let me know if I got yeah. it or not. Yeah. Um, so you did epics. Yes. Well, I want to thank you. Okay. Because last night, I spent four hours of my life on the punk documentary that is on there. Okay. Four hours. Starts with Iggy. Ends with Iggy the and all the The punk documentary. I thought you said the pump. And I was like, punk. Where, yeah. What's he talking just, about? It's just punk. Okay. They treat it like a series. You know, because they're like, oh, previously on punk. A lot of great talking heads. A lot of great footage I'd never seen before. All right. Um, oh, I didn't even know this was on. There. Oh, dude, it's so fucking good. Well, maybe we'll keep epics for just a little bit longer. It, you could, literally, you could kill it in a day. It's so good. Um... And I do appreciate that much like... That's the thing about that 808 documentary I tried to get you to watch. They track that 808 documentary in terms of what's in New York. And then by this time, it's moved down to Miami. So early 90s, you got that Miami sound machine sound. But then all of a sudden, it goes up into Chicago. What do you have there? You got the house music. You got all these club music. Then it takes a trip. Oh, but by the way, they were doing this overseas the entire time. And they're tracking how people moved with the 808 Mm -hmm. drum machine. Well, what this does, 
I brilliantly love it. The first is episode is it's Iggy, and the second episode, Johnny Rotten. Mm-hmm. By the third and fourth, you're getting into your No FX, MXPX, Offspring, Josh Homme. Lot of, it was a lot of good shit. Henry Rollins, uh, obviously, most of the main the main players are in there. And the only thing I will tell you is I want you to text me when you see Johnny Rotten on screen and just be like, what the fuck Oh, what happened? he looks like now? Dude. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> Apparently what I saw is better than now. I, did he have a stroke at some point? He may have. I'm not sure. Well, he kept lighting his cigarettes with one hand and holding them like what's his face in the usual suspects. And I'm like, is he doing that just as a bit or did he have a stroke and he physically has, because he's moving just fine everywhere else. But just to see like youthful, you know, slender, like blood, sweat, whatever, Johnny rotten. And then like, look at me now in 2020. It's like, God damn it, man. You have lived a life wild shit. And of course, Iggy pop just looks the same. Yeah. It's just like yes. leathered, even more leathered skin. It's looked the same pretty much since Pete and Pete. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love Pete and Pete. I do just, I don't know why. And it is because of the documentary, but for some reason today, any, anytime anybody's come up in my office and said, and like, how you doing? I, I've been wanting to yell at them, kick out the jams, motherfuckers. <laughs> just, I've been wanting to yell that at everyone that I've come across today, just because they, that they, they talk about, you know, MC5, that was, that was it. So I think you, you give would, that a shot. What? In the most public place possible. Yeah. Yes. But if I can't play music afterwards, it's not going to work. <laughs> what if I did that, but then like I put on like Welcome to Jam Rock from you know Damian Marley or just something badass to jam to? Give it a shot. A lot of good. Let me know str- how it works out. A lot of good strummer stuff too with the Clash Man. A All lot. Right. I just. I'm so glad you like watched that documentary the other day. That just that made me feel really good. Which one? The Cut the Clash one you watched. Because I went down a whole rabbit hole. Do you? I thought you watched that one. You must. I, Dude, sometimes I save stuff for later viewing. Just because it's in the watch list does not mean oh, I have watched it. Well, you normally you have. I'm so glad you saved it because I went down a huge rabbit hole after that. Because yeah, that probably some... cleared half of the stuff I had up there off of there. Because once you watch it, it just disappears. I have to go back and fish it out. Anyways, I watched a doc as well. And I apologize. I should have let you know because I think the rental has expired. Friedkin Uncut. No, I saw it. I mean, I was, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't start it right now. You didn't have time. No, I wasn't gonna be able to. I did see it though. I on, wanted to, on yeah. a whim. It came out in 2020, or maybe it was 2018, and then it didn't get a proper like VOD release until last year. But yeah, it's just, it's just two hours of the man and a lot of like cast interviews as well. Okay, good. That's what. Yeah. Um, only one of his like secret technical advisors, who was like a former NYPD guy. Mm-hmm. Has some wild stories. But, dude, just, I mean, it's him and his own words for almost two hours. They don't talk about all of the movies, but they talk about all the ones you want them to, basically. But they talk to Bill Peterson. They talk to Willem Dafoe. Okay. There's a decent chunk on To Live and Die in L.A. There's a lot of Sorcerer. uh, Obviously, a lot of French Connection. A lot of Exorcist. Ellen Burstyn's in there. McConaughey from Killer Joe. Yeah. Talking about how important it was to his career. Great stuff. Uh, Carla Gugino. Or not Carla. Oh, gosh, no. Who else? You just watched Killer Joe recently, right? It's Carla Gugino. No, it's not. Gina Carano. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's the definitely one, not Gina it's the strip. It's the um, fucking showgirls. Girl. Gina Gershon. Gershon. Gershwin. Bound, right? 
Uh, yeah, with Jennifer Tilly. Right. We're right. talking about the same person. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, excuse me. Yes, she and. She talks about. She. Gina Gershon. Showgirls. Yes. Fucking yes. showgirls. Yes. That's a good one. We should do Paul Verhoeven. We could do Verhoeven. It's been done quite well on Blank Check. Cinema Verte Verhoeven. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. Nothing Verte. Exactly. That's, movies that's the whole it. point of the name of the title now. That we're really. That we. Pretend to be pretentious, but we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Where was I? Her. She's in that doc, that freaking she, doc. She's in, I mean, I don't want to spoil it because I'd like you to watch it. I do want to watch she it. She talks about like how intense he can be on set sometimes. And it's like, you think it's about to turn into like a Shelley Duvall, Stanley Kubrick story. And then she's like, but no, but no, like he would call me up at the end of every day and be like, hey, just by, you know, you're doing great work, blah, blah, blah. But he apparently on set is like. A fucking like be in this like he get he wants the same level of intensity from everybody also apparently nobody talks about this i didn't know about until the talk he's like he's like a like an eastwood like one take that's it you get one take hmm and like mcconaughey specifically talks about how it was like well it's kind of freeing in a weird way because you're like all right let's fucking go then, yeah. let, then i gotta bring it every day yeah you're like yeah, that is a good way to motivate people. Um, Director-wise, Tarantino's in there, Francis Ford Coppola, some of his contemporaries, which I love him talking about his so-called contemporaries is great, dude. Really? Because he's basically like, all those fuckers went to film school. I went to film school a day in my life. <laughs> fucking, did it all my own. Did, did it all. I just figured it out. Yeah. And his whole take on movies in general, just like, I'm out there to serve the story and like make the most entertaining thing I can possible. There's no, he's like, I'm not an artist. <laughs> and I was like, dude, his whole perspective on his career is fascinating. Like his outlook on his body of work is really interesting. I highly recommend it. Freed can uncut. I haven't even begun to scratch the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I'm sure it's, I'm sure there. it's good. Cause it's, you, it's, you will love it. Dude. It's like when people, it's just, I, that is, I think the thing that I, I want most when I look at any kind of documentary, or any kind of interview with somebody, I just want to get to someone's bare bones. And so like knowing early on that, like all John Carpenter wanted to do was to come to LA and make Westerns. And he didn't. And he was like, well, all right, well I'll just make genre stuff. And I'm, I got to get paid. Like I got to work. I got to make this next thing. And admittedly, I've done that with him freaking a little bit literally everybody that's put a movie up on screen i do adhere some bit of like oh wow man you just you got it all figured out bro you you're an all tour you just you're blending sight sound everything and i'm just along for the ride but at its basic point it's like they gave me a thing to film i put it on film and i talked to you about it he that's approaches it. it all like a he's like it's a job like anything right. else. Exa- I yes. just want to be the best at my job. Exactly. That's, that's why they're that's so the good. Shit. Right. Yeah. And it, you think if like more people took it that way, we might have a we might have figured out a, yeah. yeah. Uh highly recommend that one. Again, it's a cheap rental. I want to say it's like two dollars or something like that. Okay. And yeah, it's literally just like a, a film student who's like a fan of his just Got him to agree, and then presumably went to like all of his co-stars and was like, "Hey, do you want to talk about William Friedkin for like an hour?" And there, he got a ton of people, dude. I don't, I'm sure. And then when you see this kid at the end, I'm like, "This guy's like 20, probably." What are we doing with our lives, <laughs> I know. Dude? Let's make the definitive Carpenter one before uh, 
All said and done. What else you got? Um, new to me, new to me, new to me, new to me. Max Reload and the Nether something. Nether Twins, Nether whatever. Did you watch that? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's basically this fucking, I love the 80s, like, retro. Essentially, this kid is like the number one nether realm mmo player but okay by himself he, he doesn't know how to play as a team Noah. and then one day while he goes into work at his video game slash computer video game shop and his boss played by kevin smith um is in the back on like a virtual reality binge this box gets left to him and miraculously it's the unfinished game from these developers who were on top of the world in the 80s and then all of a sudden just the fucking factory blew up and no one knows what happened to it and all of a sudden this game starts making people a little crazy and uh it's up to him and his friends to stop the harbinger from taking over the souls of all these people playing this game because he is like he's max reload like he's the chosen one okay it's it's dude it's it's definitely an indie it by no it's means definitely listen. Then I, if I'm not mistaken, Gavin, then you're not allowed to like it. I'm not supposed to like it. Here's the thing, though: when they're indies that like have a badass like '80s vibe, total DeLorean, total light gun, total, and they're about video games, and you got some great, great cameos and the, in and the it. poster. Just looks like a Stranger Things knockoff. You yeah. know, you got Gavin's eyes you for at least be. an hour and twenty right. minutes, and I liked it. I'm not supposed to. I but knew I nothing about it. this. I did not know that Kevin Smith was in it. It looks fun and compelling, and it's free on Amazon Prime. I, yeah, I would check it out. I enjoyed it. Okay. And the like one of the guys from Heroes is in it, and there's another guy. I don't know. His partner from back in the day. He looks familiar like he might have been on Comic Book Men, but I don't think... I gotta look it up and see who that guy was. You know what? Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Go with your next one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got two left on here? Yeah. Okay. I would, I'll be honest with you. You know, I mentioned Jade, and I was like, I'm not gonna do a repeat. We're not gonna do two Freakins in a row. But I was... A oh, lot yeah. of what I was watching, what John Kreese is in it too. Oh yeah, I saw. I okay, saw good, the good, list. good. As yeah. long as you know that. Okay. I'll be honest. I was trolling for a two by two. Yeah. I was hoping, like, oh, maybe I'll come across a Cutter's Way, one where I watch it, and I'm like, let's discuss. And it's a new one for me, but it's also new for you. Yeah. So I hit a couple of these. And none of them I, I don't think I'm going with because honestly I was like, I don't know if this is an episode. Have you seen The Package? Starring one Mr. Gene Hackman and one Mr. Tommy Lee Jones. No. Directed by Andrew Davis, director of The Fugitive, just a few years prior. The Package. And it's about a, uh, a green, I believe he's a Green Beret, old Hackman. Have a special unit who gets he basically gets tasked with bringing a uh, a court martial fellow soldier back to the states, but little does he know that this guy is actually 
has designs on helping start World War III, which is, there's other guys at the top who are, like, controlling him and pulling his strings, but it basically, it turns into, like, kind of a an espionage thriller. Does Hackman action. work for the CIA? No, he worked, he's, he's Army, if I'm not mistaken. There was something I started watching with Hackman a while ago. That was I venture mid- to say he's probably been in the CIA a couple of movies. I well, it wasn't. It wasn't um, No Way Out. It wasn't. Um, it was nineties. This is eighties. Okay, then I'm not. Nineteen eighty nine. I gotta figure out what the hell. Experienced that Green Beret was. Sergeant Johnny Gallagher is escorting a prisoner, Airborne Ranger Thomas Boyette. Back to the U.S., but Boyette escapes and Gallagher must risk his life and limb to catch him. That's the description I read. So I'm like, oh, dude, this is like proto-fugitive. Before the fugitive, with Tommy Lee Jones in the Harrison Ford role, and Gene Hackman in the Tommy Lee... I'm like, why have I never seen this? Well, the reason I've never seen it is, is it's all right. It's pretty solid. Not really much there there. It's kind of a late era, like Cold War mm-hmm. espionage movie. It has some good bits to it. The main thing, I'll spoil it for you because I don't know if you're ever going to watch it. Probably not. The main bad guy, you know this from the get-go, is John Hurd. Oh! Hurd. Not Hurd, but speaking of Cutter's Way, John Hurd. Hurd. Yeah, John Hurd. He's the the big bad American general who's trying to spark World War III. Uh, Hmm. And he and Hackman have a great scene together where I'm like, dude. If you would, if you guys had just earned this just a little bit more, I would be like, this movie fucking rules. What but if it never quite gets there? What if Hackman was uh, Jeff Bridges in Cutter's Way? What do you think? I mean, good movie either way. Yeah, I either way. Like, I like Jeff Bridges in that movie. Me too. Yeah. I remember his really weird, just like gigolo energy. Yeah. I don't remember a lot of details about that character other than just like he was just kind of banging his he way through that fucks. town. Yeah. And banging uh, his way through the country. Working club. on boats, right? Yeah. He's like a boat guy. Mm. That's right. It's right up there Cutter's with Cutter's like, Way. Against All Odds and uh, Tron for hot, hot 80s <laughs> Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Who is Lloyd Bridges' son, Noah? Speaking. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Speaking of which, just random thought and completely separate from nothing. Dude, Midnight Run? I don't know if De Niro's ever looked better, man. And that's not, he's not somebody I think that about. He has looked better. It's called Cape Fear. (laughs) My goddamn daughter. (laughs) Counselor. Julia Lewis. (laughs) Jessica Lang is my wife. (laughs) Dude, that, I watched that video once a day. Tim Heidecker doing Nick Nolte in Cape Fear is one of the funniest did things you, I've ever did seen. Did you watch a damn daughter? Did you watch Gotta a, get our houseboat. Did you watch Affliction yet? No. I I'm, rewatched Affliction for you. So you've watched it twice now? No, this this the last time I watched it was the second time I watched it. I watched it for toxic masculinity oh. back in the day in college and this was Paul the second Schrader. time. Knows a thing or two about toxic masculinity. He sure does. He's kind of made an entire career off of exploring the shades of shades. And did you ever watch First Reformed? I feel like I have not watched that movie. First, dude, you tell me you're like rewatching fucking Max Reloaded and shit, and you can't make time for. No, that was a new one, Noah. Hello, no, I know. I'm just. There were some other ones you told me you rewatched. I was like, really? You needed to put your eyes on uh, 
what was the David Tennant one? I again? said Bad Samaritan. I was like, you really needed to watch Bad Samaritan again? Well, I watched it with Becky this time. Okay. We didn't watch it together I mean, last fair time. enough if you're showing it to I have some TV, too, by the way, if you we want to get interested there. in that. We can get there. Let Anyways, the package, it's on HBO Max. If you're looking for, like, you you might love it. I don't know. I might. It didn't fully deliver. I was like, dude, Hackman and Tommy Lee Jones, how can this go wrong? And it was just okay. Total, like, if it was on cable back in the day, we probably would have watched it all yeah. the time. But just totally You know what's escaped. underrated? Blown away. Jeff Bridges, Tommy Lee Jones. IRA. Underrated or rated exactly right? <laughs> it's a little underrated. If I believe... Dude, his Irish accent in that movie is all over the place. Tommy though. Lee Jones or Jeff Bridges? Or Tommy both Lee Jones. Oh, yeah. Like, why did they make him do that? I know. Why would he agree to do that? <laughs> because had The Fugitive come out yet? When Blown Away came Away? out? I don't know. Because I feel like after The Fugitive, he doesn't have to do that. I honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't know Tommy Lee Jones before Blown Away and The Fugitive. Tell me a movie he's in before that. Rolling Thunder? The right. Coal mine, a coal miner's daughter is his that's big his... one, dude. And that's where I'm like, he literally looks the same Pretty age. much just like uses that voice in everything right. except for... The occasional movie where he's blown away. Yeah, okay. Um, Okay. I have one more. I meant to get to it in October. I didn't. I'm prepping for the series that hopefully we're actually getting sometime this year. I finally watched Maniac Cop. Uh Uh-huh. Love that first hour. Oh, yeah. Love it. I'm going to be honest. And spoilers for Maniac Cop if you've never seen it. Uh, I gotta be honest, dude. As soon as they killed Tom Atkins, you're done with the movie. Aren't I you? was totally yep. checked out. Yep. And I was like, "But it's Bruce Campbell. I should be still invested." But when they killed Tom Atkins, I just emotionally checked out of the movie. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, the first hour, though, dude. The just the atmosphere and the actual like murders themselves, which I'm never, I'm not like a gore hound or a horror guy in that way where I'm like, dude, the kills, like I really remember that kill from this movie or that movie. But there's some stuff in this movie where it's just like, dude, the opening one where he just like wrenches that girl's neck is wild. But the other one where the guy gets out of the car, like you still, they like don't reveal his face for so long, but he like slashes the dude. Oh God. Yeah. There's some great stuff in there, but it is a key one where I'm like, dude, 100%, yes, make this a series, remake it, do something different with it, because the core conceit there is interesting. There's a maniac cop on the loose. The cops are trying to keep it under wraps, but there are people on the inside who are like, wait, maybe there's something more to this. Babe, you know, Is he supernatural? Is this just, what's the deal with this guy? All of that stuff is great. The third act just kind of falls off a cliff for me. Also goes from being a very atmospheric nighttime movie to be the entire movie. third act takes place in broad daylight. Right. To I, the point that it, dude, and, and it just rolls because like I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. I don't know if you watch Maniac Cop two. No. Campbell's dead in the first ten minutes. Interesting. Yeah. Interest me. But then Robert Davy shows up. Robert Davy. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Then he shows up. Fucking saga. <laughs> yeah. I was in junior high, dickhead. Um, yeah, he shows up. Is Davi in a a Darkman movie, too? Am I crazy? Why do I have that conflated in my brain? 
I think you're moving Maniac Cop and Darkman into the same entity. Universe? Right. Because it's Arnold Voslo? Arnold Voslo, yeah. Voslo, after Liam Neeson, the next couple ones are Arnold Voslo is the Darkman. The mummy himself. Right, yes. But you're right, Robert Dobby shows up in Maniac Cop 2, okay. and then Maniac Cop 3, The Badge, Badge of, of Silence. Silence. Which they've done on We Hate Movies, but I've specifically never listened to, because I was like, eventually... I, will get to I would tell you to watch the second and third one because it has that like, oh, Halloween two, we're starting where we ended vibe, and no, I'm, dude, I love anything I, that does I that. I love the eighties, like the I don't know if this is actually New York, but we're basically trying to make it look like New it's York. It's Toronto. Just great. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's always Just, Toronto. <laughs> I, the the whole look, vibe, and feel of it, I a hundred percent see why it's a cult classic. Yeah. But I also I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that is rife. For remaking don't mm-hmm. fuck with the 100 percent classics but stuff in this like you know c plus b movie territory if that it, makes sense it's one of the it's it's, it's great it would have it was too good to come out on just video and vhs but not good enough to get a huge wide release so yes. there were trailers it did have a theatrical run but it didn't have a four thousand screen theatrical run it had maybe like a thousand screen theatrical run and it's usually like just adjacent to and has all of the trimmings and trappings of like the good stuff, but it's just not there on certain things, a la the last act taking place in broad fucking daylight. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, another one where I was like, is that going to be my two by two? Maybe I'll love it. And I was like, I don't know if it's an episode. Okay, so I'm going to get you my last new ones that I watched. It's cool, dude. No, literally. Nobody's listening. Okay. <laughs> so I watched a Phil Collins I mean, I doc. I am right now. I appreciate this it. moment. Listen to me talk to you about this Phil Collins doc. I'm just kidding. Um, classic albums. I watched Joy Divisions and Phil Collins' um, Face Value. Okay. Interesting. I just liked it. I like that. I started watching um, Damn the Torpedoes. And I realized, well, I did sit and watch Burning Down a Dream, like that huge, like eight hour one. And so some of the stuff's recycled from there. Um, but I enjoy both those, especially the Joy Division one, because they actually yeah. had some nice audio of Ian, like discussing things. And I, I really appreciate that. And hearing the raw sound and like where it was coming from, what was going on at Factory, how. That they... was the under review that you watched or classic albums? Under review, Joy Division. Okay. And um, classic albums, face value, Phil Collins. Um, let me see. And the only other new movie that I watched besides Safe House, which I'd never actually seen. I got to throw a little garbage crime in there, a little Ryan Reynolds Denzel, which I actually watched like literally right after we got done talking about, um, the little things. Um, I watched Bliss brand new on Amazon. How was it? In keeping with Glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, you know what? You waited too long. I was been thinking this of my intro. Call lukewarm, Gavin. No, no, no. I I really enjoyed it. What it what it was trying to do. It's like a reverse. Like, do you are you gonna watch it? Do you care? I may check it out at some point. It just imagine. I was intrigued simply by the pairing of Selma Hayek and Owen Wilson. Right. It's a. It just. I'll just tell you that it's a reverse of everything you've ever thought about. Movies like this. Okay. Like, like the reasoning why, like if you, if we're in a machine, if we're in a simulation, 
normally we think, oh, well, the outside's so bad, we, you know, we're, we're putting these pods, we're something so bad about where we're at, we got to get in this simulation. It's a reverse of all that. Okay. The reasoning behind the overall thing was good. The visuals were great. My questioning of what really is real, what isn't real, is always was always never. I never felt like I could sit back and be like, I know what this is. I know where it's going. Right. I know where the science behind this is. And so to get where we get to with it. And I think they both played very well. And the subtext of addiction that runs through it is pretty oh, okay. fucking phenomenal. Like, okay. it was really good. I, I would recommend it. I will check it out. Don't That's all I got for movies. Else about it. Oh, I'm done on the movie front, sir. You got any uh, TV? Or shall we two by two retro review it? I um I watched rewatched the boys season two because of Becky. Okay. I went and hung out the other day and she was like, I don't know why I didn't believe you. I was like, looked up and I realized it was the boys like, Oh, last episode of the first season, huh? Oh. What are you thinking? And she's like, It's good. I'm like, Of course it's good. Like I know what I'm talking yeah. about. I was like, I know enough that if like my brother tells me it's good, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> so you maybe need to listen to me. You maybe not want to listen to Noah. He, he might not have you figured out, but I kind of know what's good, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we watched all of the season two of The Boys. Um, I also watched the last season of Wayward Pines by accident. Um, this Hulu has this Just thing. I accidentally you, watched a whole season of it. Well, Hulu series. has this thing where, like, if you watch a movie and you don't pick another movie, it reverts to, like, what's in your shit ready to watch. And for some reason, it was Wayward Pines. And for a couple of movies, it killed the first season. But then Jason Patrick was on the second season. It was the first mm-hmm. episode. I was like, oh, I got to watch this again. I got to watch this guy. So I watched season two of Wayward Pines. Um, and after that, I think the only other TV that I have. I watched the first season of that that Search Party show. It's pretty dope. I need to get to the next couple ones of that. I really like okay. all those those characters are really fucking weird and quirky. It's like just ridiculous, especially the gay, the gay couple, like all the shit, the gay, like, guy does, all the shit he does to like make us jealous. Like he's my, probably my favorite to watch. And like of the friend group, John Early is one of the funniest people on the planet. Yeah. Um, I don't, did you watch what, white hot? What? No. The, you haven't watched either of the white hot series no. for Netflix. The last, the, the, the first one, the first day of camp, Mm-hmm. He's in it as one of the few like new additions, essentially. Uh-huh. Hysterical, dude. He's so funny. So, did you like just finish season one? I the last one I watched, they were trying to find what was on Gavin's phone, <laughs> and he flipped out about like. Oh, nah. so you have a ways to go. You started it. How many episodes of season one? I thought it was only like ten episodes. Yeah, but you're. I guess you're closing in on the. It end. Says eight or nine. I thought it was okay. on. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's at least ten. But I was going to say, there's no way that you're going to get to the finale of season one and not immediately roll directly right. into and that's season And that's two. the only reason why I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now because they were all out there. Um, so I'm almost done with season one of Search Party. And um, I'm all caught up on WandaVision. All right. Hold that thought for two seconds. Because I really don't have that much on the TV front. And then we can finally talk a little bit about WandaVision, which only has a couple episodes left. I success my my little ploy worked. I showed Veronica chewing gum. I was watching it for the first time myself as well. We finish it. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's no second season. 
but now you love Michaela Cole, so I guess we gotta watch I May Destroy You, and I gotta rewatch it. And now we're almost done with it, and she's loving it. But I, I find that, that that's the sell. If you can't sell them on the uh, the more heavy, uh, you know, sexual assault drama comedy, you just sell them on the easygoing British uh, tenement house uh, comedy, and then ease anyways still remains the best show i watched last year still highly recommend that you check it out at some point i'm working Uh, on it we got a couple more episodes left but thoroughly enjoying that still working on freaks and geeks but taking our sweet ass time because i never want it to end every time i start watching it again it's kind of how i do with friday night lights i've never actually finished it we've talked about that Mm -hmm. shout out to jesse plemons by the way yeah we were here from the get-go I wasn't watching Friday Night Lights right when it started. Actually, Observe and Report was the first time I was like, who is that guy? I like yeah. that guy. Okay. I remember Landry, yeah. Clear eyes, full hearts. We all do. Can't lose, no. Okay. Recently finished Tom Goes to the Mayor, which is the first Tim and Eric series. They finally put it up on uh, It's on HBO Max as part of the Adult Swim collection. Hmm. Very, very fun. It's a hybrid like, animation just almost like stop frame animation but you, you just gotta watch an episode or two some great guest stars a little more palatable uh than maybe tim and eric awesome show great job is if you if you're not quite down with the weirdness of that show i feel like you could still get into tom goes to the mayor um it's good though maybe i'll show you some clips with your boy uh zach galifianakis and see what you think i maybe. like zach galifianakis yeah, i know you do uh, also, you know, he shared a Coke with Mary J. Blige. I'm aware. At Public Access Channel in yeah. college. Found that out today. Yeah, you told me about it. Oh, I did. Yeah, well. I did tell you that yeah, before. You we... did. Off mic. Yeah. You know, some things can stay off mic. Like our <laughs> socials. Just going to drop it there. Okay. Um, also, new to the Adult Swim collection, they added Check It Out was Dr. Steve Brule, which is a spinoff <laughs> from uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job, of course. I've never seen all of the seasons of it, so we're going through that. We're midway through the third, out of four. And the new one that I'm checking out, also part of the Adult Swim collection on HBO Max, this is the third plug in a row for it. It's called The Shivering Truth. Just check out at least an episode. That's all I ask of you. Okay. It's the latest from Vernon Chapman. The show's been on for two seasons now. It started back in 2018. I'm just now catching up to it. So we just finished the first season tonight. It is one of the strangest, most wonderful things I've seen in a bit. It's crazy. You just got to jump in and check it out. It's kind of indescribable. Every episode's different, but it's stop motion animation, like traditional stop motion. Um, but Vernon Chapman did Xavier, Renegade Angel, also an Adult Swim series. Uh, the Heart She Holler, which is also an Adult Swim is one of the weirdest trivia shows I've ever seen, but the voice talent they get is people you would recognize, so that might be a window into it. I think the first episode has Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill, and hmm. it's at, just please check out an episode. It's available on HBO Max. The Shivering Truth. Okay. Um, that's all I got, man. I'm ready for 2x2 two two Retro Review whenever you are, but we did say we talk WandaVision. We don't have to go like episode by episode. Why don't we just save one division? I just let's want, just save it for the end. I we just haven't want spoken to check. about it at all. Let's just save it till the end. We can do that. We're already two hours into this episode. Yeah. All right. I'll just tell you right now, though. I'm loving it. 
I I'm loving it as well. Um, we can get in more in depth on our reactions as we went along because I feel like I'm one of those people who was loving it from the get go. And that's diminished a little bit, but I'm still really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of other people were like, I don't know what this is, and then have just now started really liking it. Yeah, I, I think it, like I've it, had lends, the, it, it lends itself to being able to watch everything as it as it comes out. Because I'm pretty sure I'd feel the same way if I watched it week to week. But I built up five, watched all those, and I most recently watched the sixth. Yeah, and we got two, Wait, three more? Three. It's nine, but I thought seven was the most recent. Maybe seven is the most recent. And you haven't watched it yet. I have. It came out last Friday. You just said six was the one you watched. That's when I thought I was, there was only. I didn't know if you were saving one, so you had like two banked up. Oh, no. The last one ended with it being what's-her-face the entire time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I saw. I'm up to date. And that was episode seven. Right. We We got got eight this week. We got two more. Right. Eight this week. And then I think a week off, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be right there. Perfect. We'll be talking about that. All right, so now Ready? comes We're, the the time. The ceremonial giving of the movie? <laughs> yes, the giving <laughs> of the the giving of the movies. Um, this is going to be our two-by-two two retro review for the month of March. Yes. I have no idea what Gavin's about to pull out of his bag of tricks. I realized when I put this in this bag that this movie had another movie in it, which I've been looking for. It's Transformers on, on DVD. Look at that thing everywhere. Oh, for, oh, God, for a no, second I thought that's what calm, you were making calm down. do. No, I got another one in here. No, I want you to travel back in time with me, okay? Where, where are we going? We're going back to a little place called Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Okay. The very, the very place in which this movie was filmed. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Noah, what did I, what did I just hand you, Noah? You've handed me the... Uh, <clears throat> What's the year on this bad boy? Oh, I can't read the fine print, man. Oh, it's messing me up. Like 93, 94? I don't know. Oh, we're talking about the Penny Marshall classic. Yes. That's filled with solid laughs, says People Magazine. Um, it's a lively comedy, according to the New York Daily News. And uh, Danny DeVito is a definite delight. Because this person likes alliteration from CBS TV Los Angeles. <laughs> We're talking about the Penny Marshall classic, Renaissance Man. I cannot wait. I, Good. I literally cannot wait. I have not seen this movie in quite a while. A cable classic, a TBS classic. And I'm so glad you went light because it makes me feel... 94. Makes me feel a lot better about what I'm about to do. Oh God, what are you going to do? I debated. So I set this down and I was like, I think this is what I want my next one to be. But I spent all this entire time since we recorded our last two by two trying to come up with something to do instead. Were you able to master that at all? Were you able to master all the debating you were doing? Come on, dude. Never mind. Just, <laughs> what are you, where were you going? Were you able to master that debating you were doing? You were able to be a great master bait? Come on, dude. Okay. Yeah. No, I was unable to. I thought you were going with a master joke, and I was just thrown off because I was like, that's 2012, Gavin. What are you talking about? (laughs) We have a 10 year rule. But hey, if one of us can break it, I can too. (laughs) The master of 2012. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's what we're doing now. I'm going to take you back to 2001. I'm so sorry in advance. I'm really sorry. It's a 20 year anniversary. So part of me is like, do I want to alternate? And every every other month, I'm going to hit a. 
a 20 year maybe from 2001 because there's some good movies in there there's a lot of good movies in 2001 just so happens to house one of my all-time favorite movies that is also probably the most depressing movie that i absolutely love a movie that like should not be rewatched multiple times but god damn it i just can't help myself we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna take you I'm so sorry I'm gonna take you in the bedroom Gavin. no one no I don't want to do this at all do you want a veto no I mean what was the other choice you the tell other me choices were the package which I wasn't that crazy about maniac copper Jade and I can't do two freakins in a row it's just not gonna happen do you what do you want to put a pause on I, it and I'll announce it on Instagram I don't know I did this movie <laughs> scares me. I know. This is my but, fear. But if it's paired with solid laughs from Danny DeVito, how could it be that scary? It is a genuine fear I have because of. Have what, you not re? Have you? I have. Like, re- when's the last time you saw it? About maybe four years ago, I put okay. myself through it. It is a good movie. It's a masterpiece. It is a masterpiece. It's an incredible. But fuck, man. We okay. I have not watched it under a lens that would lend for talking about it. I've solely watched it to remind myself: don't you ever get involved with older women? Don't you ever? There's you. You make sure every time you talk to them. I want to talk about those fears and explore them with you. I want yes. a two by two retro review. We're gonna get in deep. We're gonna get in depth in my feelings. We're gonna bring out our main accent. That I don't know what that is. That's, We're gonna find our that's main. Not, find our main accent. We're gonna find. find you and me now, boy. <laughs> You know, I do the entire episode like <laughs> oh, main justice. Yeah, dude, I found yeah. out there's another main justice, and Justin Timberlake is the bailiff. Oh shit! Man. I didn't know. I, I don't know how new it is. Let's but jump like, right on that. Yeah, we should. Um, He's canceled, by the way. He is. Yeah. Poor guy. The Britney doc, man. What? People are not happy. Of course they're and not. Then he happy. offered this like half-assed apology to For her what? and Janet Jackson. What did he do? Just being a shit, dude. The Crimey River video. They're canceling him for a fucking video from 20 I'm not years ago. They're like actually canceling him. I'm just saying like people are not happy with him in lieu of this doc because it's like, dude, you were kind of an asshole back then. Right. But and clearly he thought he was an asshole too because he released a statement apologizing to her and Janet Jackson in the same breath. It was very weird. Well, the whole like, nipple gate thing. Well, yeah, but dude, it was like you had you know, multiple decades to to apologize for. He's a father now. Maybe that's maybe this movie he made on oh, Apple. God, he's a father. Yeah. He's a father of daughters. Yeah, maybe I cannot stand for this. I, that's just anytime. That's a whatever, dude. Yeah, JT, uh, I'll check it out. Main Justice Part Two. We'll talk about some other Main Listen, Justice. I just, this, there's yeah. special brand of Main Justice. Yeah. Uh, dude, that should have been the subtitle in the bedroom <laughs> or in the bedroom too. Main Justice. <laughs> They're from Gloucester. No, we're gonna have, and we're, that's the fun thing, though, dude. Is we're gonna have to find a way to keep it light. I think it'll be a good episode. I hope so. <laughs> we do. Listen, I I tell no. you what, I'm gonna sleep on it. If I no, can no, come no, up no, with no, a better movie, no, 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 we're gonna do it in the bedroom. Do you have it for me to take with me, or do you have to find it somewhere? I have the DVD. Don't you but fucking like, make me pay for this, Noah. I swear to God, I have the DVD. <laughs> okay, but I I need to rewatch it as well. Okay. So maybe I'll just give you my DVD and I'll rent it. I'll spend the money if I have to. 
Do we even know if it's free streaming somewhere? Is it? It's uh, not from what I last time I checked, which was well. How about today. this? How about this? Let you keep the DVD and watch it, and maybe March first it winds up free somewhere. But if not, after this weekend, I'll find it somewhere and I'll watch it. I'll do that for you because you need to understand there are three things in this world that I am absolutely afraid of. Number one, aneurysms. Okay. Two, werewolves. Squid. Giant squid. <laughs> Three? Wait, what? Did you say squid? Giant squid? <laughs> yes. All right. I'm utterly terrified of squid. All right. Not our Lord and Savior Cthulhu. <laughs> he who brings all... In, Long may he reign. <laughs> no, may he reign in Rael. Um, but squid in general, because they think that they are him, and they, they are false prophets. Fuck, fuck squid. And number three is basically this movie. I'm afraid of the events of this movie. I've had fear of that's... I want to, I, that's, I guess that's the other reason I want to try and do an episode on it is I'm, I struggle every time I watch it with just like, wh- why, why am I constantly drawn to rewatching a movie that is so emotionally taxing on multiple levels that I just can't, and there are so few movies that are this heavy yes that i still would rank again in one it's one of my favorite movies like it's in my top 10 of all time Mm -hmm. i don't know why that is entirely i want to explore it with you and i really want to talk about your fears of william apother (laughs) it's the fact that like some of his hair is blonde and some of it is dark it's the fact that he kind of looks like tom cruise but not really tom cruise i was gonna say more like uh they're cousins that's the only reason i say that there's some other weird dude that he looks like to me that I'm not going to know the name of until I sit down He's and watch like it. He's like if you took Tom Cruise and Dermot Mulroney and smushed them together a little bit. With maybe like a side of Jeff Fahey in there somewhere? I mean, there's always a little Fahey <laughs> so, What are we talking about? We should end this. We All should. Right. Uh, so we'll probably be back with something else in the interim. Right. But we have decided the 2 by 2 <laughs> retro review for March of 2021 we're going in the bedroom with the renaissance oh my god (laughs) what a fucking weird pairing that is dude yeah just imagine oh my god i'm just it was all contingent on what you were gonna pull out because if you pull out anything that was even remotely dark or heavy i was like i got it in the room just like spitball and give him something else right well, when you hit me with a renaissance, man, I got to keep the scales balanced, my friend. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know. And I just randomly found that. I don't know where it's been. Oh, I don't know how. I don't this know. This is that old school touchstone Disney DVD. Right. Yeah. You know, with no special features. None to speak at all. Of, where they're just like, check out these technical specs, <laughs> dog. For <laughs> renaissance. 4.8 full screen, dude. And got that Dolby Atmos. We went back and added it to Renaissance. <laughs> oh, now you can hear Cliff Robertson talk shit in Mads. Don't even remind me who the supporting cast is, because all I remember is DeVito and Wahlberg, and I want everything else to be a present. Oh, my God. You remember, are in for I a treat. I remember the girl now who I was in love with at the time. Fuck it. Um... 
from Clueless, right? Stacy Dash Stacey? is crazy ass? Yes. At the time. <laughs> yeah. Let me be specific. I love that please. You, I had to remember the, that. That's like, the problem I, with all this. That's a problem with no. That's a problem with everything. When somebody goes fucking batshit crazy and you say something, people are like and you're like, at the time. It's like <laughs> like when when people like like when you break up with a girl and they're like, Oh my god, she looks terrible. Not at the time I was dating her. Like, don't judge me. It's Why the same you talk shit about her now? That's not cool. No, like somebody else is talking shit to me, and I have to defend myself and say, "Whoa, bro, you got You can't judge me for now. You got to judge me when I dated her. That's unfair. That sort of thing. Same thing with Stacy Dash. You can't judge her by your cra- her crazy ass now. This is pre. This is pre Clueless, before Clueless. Yeah. Sad what happened to Dion. Her getting kicked out of the army and all that. Anyway. No, I had such a huge crush on her in this movie, though. Yeah. Interestingly enough. Um so they're, they're, I love that movie. It's like, I, dude, I'm my say, expectations for this rewatch are sky high, and I think Veronica loves Devito, so this is a present for both of us. Has she never she, seen it? Oh, there's no way she's seen. She's this gonna. Movie. She's gonna be like, it. what is that? What is that movie with solid laughs? Yes. <laughs> it just—it's as big as his name. Yes. Like it just—I don't know. It just makes me laugh. Just the Danny idea. Devito, solid laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> That's as much as you'll get because you see this and you're like. Oh, wow, DeVito. And you don't, at this time, you tell me that that guy is on one of the funniest shows ever made, Always Sunny, and he's just, he kills me it every too, if you count Taxi. But. Well, yeah, but like, you telling me that's that guy? No way. And I think my angle, obviously, is the Shakespeare angle. Danny DeVito teaches dumb army kids Shakespeare. Fucking hilarity ensues. I want to watch that. Dude, I'm so excited. You're going to love it. One man's mission to teach the few. The proud, the impossible, <laughs> and in the bedrooms tagline, I'm sure is something like "Secrets lies in the bedroom." Yeah, please secrets tell... lie in the bedroom. I swear to God that if I think that, that, that is the if tagline. that is the tagline. I'm 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 done. I'm walking out of here. <laughs> well, well, clearly that's the note we need to end on. So let me uh, what's the tag? I can give him my own tagline. Oh, this is all just quotes of how incredible the movie is. Um, hold on just a moment. We're searching for a second poster. We'll get there. Oh, you better believe we'll get there. Oh, never mind. Completely. They went a whole different direction with it. A young man. An older woman. Her ex-husband. Things are about to explode. Dot, dot. In the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> they could have called it, kick out your man, motherfucker. And then, like, that would have been, it would have been the end of the movie. She just kicks him out and he's <laughs> kick done. Kick out your man. Kick out your man, motherfucker. You definitely need to make that a thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think we did it. I think we're officially done. Somehow, we managed to go for over two hours once again. Um, I love you, brother. Love you too, Noah. We'll be back again soon. Until next time, I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And you've been listening to what we've been watching. Thanks, guys. Oh, nothing? Oh, yeah, no. Dry as a bone? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Dry as a bone. (laughs)